Hey, this is Spencer. I just wanted to preface this episode with letting you guys know that this is, in fact, the episode that contains the secret word for our action figure giveaway. I also need to add that there's a couple details that haven't been mentioned in the episode about it, and that is that you can only participate in this giveaway if you live in the mainland 48 states of the United States of America. Sorry for anyone that's excluded, but we're pretty limited in what we can do. Thank you. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I'm Spencer Toon. I'm Keith McGuffey. I'm Cody Tuckett. And I'm Mike Templeton. And we went and saw Mutant Mayhem. Yeah, we did. Woo! Thank you, Roll guys. Call. How many times have, has everybody seen it? Just the one. Yeah, just, I've seen just it twice. One time with Spencer. Woo! Oh, That's so cute, you guys. Do, you, do y'all have pictures together? No. No, yeah, we. I told you I tried to take a picture, and um, it was he. He grabbed my camera and he smashed it on the ground because he said his mustache is classified. Oh yeah, well that's that makes sense. That's national security right there. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't let everyone see the mustache. Just everyone who's ever seen one of my videos where I managed to show my face on TikTok. Uh, I know, and a lot of those have, I've looked at them, and it's been pr- my mustache was pretty unruly, so I. No, I like I a know. good stash. Rock it. Keep on rocking it. We should have got a picture, though. We, we, should, we should have. I did not We should meet think at, like the comic book shop at some point. We should. I, I had to... You see, what happened is, is the movie ended, and uh, I have a bladder the size of an acorn. And no, so I was yeah, immediately yeah. like... I, I was totally like, man, understand. I, I want to I stop and talk to you, but I also really, really have to pee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and one thing about Spencer, he is locked in during movies. So I could believe that you had to pee the whole time, but you were your movie focus was so strong that you just cast it aside. Bladder that be is, damned. That is that is the way it is. Just, just absorbed <laughs> it back into your body. Like I will not miss a single scene. <laughs> just like will it back up? Yeah. Like it, it, unless a movie is like genuinely like a bad movie in a way that it's like fun to make fun of it while you're watching it, and there's no other way to enjoy it. I, I do not like talking during a movie. I will focus on the movie. That is the thing I'm watching. Maybe if I've seen it a few times, I won't really care, and I'll, and I'll talk and do things. But for the most part, uh, if you put it on a movie or a TV show, I will watch the movie or TV show. This is my intention. This is what I'm going to do. Nothing else. Even at so, home? Like, if you're, if you're watching a movie at home and your wife's like, hey, you're like, no. Uh... Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't say no, but but you I know, like, it, I appreciate that. I, I am sure you're much ruder me. about it. Right? Like, <laughs> shut your clam hole. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, 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 nothing like that. It, it's just more of I'm just focused on the movie, and so my responses will be short, you know, and uh, ending the conversation faster. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, no, I, I get, I get pretty focused on on things, I guess. Well, I didn't have any bladder problems watching the movie twice. Uh, Ooh, Mike is also cool. in the Twice Club. 
Uh, got to go see it up in Century City. Uh, got to sit in a swanky reserved seat from Paramount. Uh, which, big shout out to the uh, Party Wagon group on Facebook uh, for hooking me up with that ticket with Paramount. Um, I opted to not get the exclusive posters because I didn't want to carry it around. Um, because you know, I took my wife uh, to go see it, and I was like, hey, "We're gonna walk around the mall." I didn't want to walk around with that big with that big poster. It's so a smart you- choice. I got a poster at one of mine, and immediately I was like, ah, "Now I have to safeguard this poster for the whole yeah, movie see? as well." See? I've gone I've gone to Comic Con <laughs> enough times to know don't don't make art prints the first thing you get because then you have to carry it around, or you so, have to carry around like a, a protective tube just on the off chance you get a poster. Yeah, and when I went, I couldn't find like I have a cool like uh, plastic tube with a uh, with a strap on it so that I can like wear it across my back. Uh, could not find it when I went to Comic Con this year, so I was like, yeah, no art prints for me. Um, but that was really cool. Um, got to go see it up there. It was a ton of kids in that showing, um, which was really nice to see. Um, and that was on Saturday, the twenty ninth. And then I got to see it last night uh, or um, on uh, was it on Tuesday, the first uh, since my since I took uh, my wife to go see it on Saturday, uh, I took my mother in law this time. She wanted to go see it. So that Ooh, was nice. nice and fun. She enjoyed it. But in that showing on the first, there was a ton of adults and like no kids. And this oh, was yeah, like I a went. seven, a 7 p.m. showing. So. I went last night, opening night, August 2nd. Not a single kid in that theater. Packed theater. Not a single child. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. All men about my age. Oh, yeah, no. I would say. Like, there's a lot, of, a, lot of older, a lot of older crowd, a lot of, a lot of people my age. Um, you know, it, it, was, it was really kind of cool to see. And uh, the general vibe is that everyone seems to like it so far. Right, Spencer? Everyone seems to like it so far. I'm, I'm on the fence about it. I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah, I, the I more I think I, about it, the more I'm yeah, on the fence about it. I did I'm, really enjoy it. It's really fun. It's um, not a perfect. It's not a perfect movie. No, um, but it, it is I like it the way I like uh, like Secret of the Ooze. Like it's just a really good like long episode of a cartoon. You know. So uh, I mean, I guess we're kind of getting that out in front of everything else. Cody, what did you think of it? I absolutely loved it. Um, I, I it was funny. I turned to Spencer and I was just like beaming. I feel like, and then he was like, "Wah wah wah." <laughs> Not yeah, that yeah. Strong. Sorry. <laughs> I like. I got out of it. It was hilarious. I it was it was so funny because like I almost messaged Cody immediately because I, I got out of the theater and I'm like, Spencer's gonna hate this. Spencer's <laughs> Spencer's gonna hate this movie. <laughs> I don't hate it. I'm just kind of meh about it. You know, I was just kind of like, ah, I don't it's, know. I. I mean, it, I mean, I've I've known you long enough now to know your taste with Ninja Turtles, and yep. uh, I I I could every time every time there was something in there that like I knew would ping you, like would just like irritate you. I was like, not I I wasn't like giddy laughing. I was just kind of like, <laughs> uh, Spencer's gonna hate that. Spencer's really gonna hate that. <laughs> At one point, Spencer did stand up and shout, "That's not canon." <laughs> I knew it. I knew. I could, I could hear it. Yeah. I could hear it here in California. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, I've I've actually started picketing outside of my theater. You know, I have like a whole sign and everything. Stay away. Very, like very the upset. end is coming. It's funny. It's funny that there are people that are picketing the movie now over. Really? Oh yeah, we were we were talking about in the group chat earlier. Well, but there are people saying things online, and there are actually people picketing though. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not picketing in person. That's what I meant. Like online picketing. Oh well, there, there's always people doing that for anything yeah. that comes out that's new, right? You know? But uh, it's, and so it's like you know the move the new Ninja Turtles movies already got it, so uh, it's yep. an exclusive club. But uh, as of right now, it is sitting at a 97 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which is the highest out of all of the Ninja Turtles movies, um, even or hi- highest of all the theatrical movies. I think Batman, TMNT, and the Rise movie are still pretty up there. Um, not better than 97% though. So and that's, that's been the hardest part for me is like, I just keep, I don't know. Like I, like I want to go watch it again. Cause I just feel like I'm missing something, you know, uh, I think that, that all these like, people love about it. And that, that's and the I hard think, part. Yeah. I remember too, like rotten tomatoes, like half those scores are like bought by the studio so that they can put the certified fresh. I on don't their, believe on their, on their trailer so that you'll go see it. Right. Well, I that's, I mean, that's that true, is, but like 97 is still, that's, that's a very high score that, yeah, um, that's, like, that's like, that's like buying, that, they'd be buying everybody. that every time. But so, I think like there's some not, truth to that, but I think it's genuinely good. And the scores are reflecting that or people think it's genuinely good. Yeah. I, I think, agree. I think Spencer, I think it's, it's not that you're missing anything. I think you're just coming at it from a certain like perspective, which, which you I mean, that's, that's your perspective. And, like, like mm. I was just joking. Like, I, I knew there was yeah. stuff in this movie that you weren't going to like. I think, but I think that's because you're coming at it with like your, and this isn't bad. Um, you're coming at it with your personal bias. Yeah, you know, you know I'm, I am the podcast edge lord. It's, it's my job. I'm not saying. I'm, I'm literally <laughs> trying my best to not say that. I'm trying my best. I'm trying. I'm trying to like validate your opinion. Like, I don't think you're wrong at all for not yeah. for not liking certain things. I would never say that. Um, no, and and that's me saying that. You know, because yeah, I understand that for some reason I like more serious stuff coming out of an absolutely ridiculously thing. And so I'm a little self-deprecating about it because it is funny. Uh, it, it is what it is. I think it's a matter of expectations. Um, and so yeah. maybe I would say probably for me and Mike come at it from a, and I'm not going to speak for Mike, but if I could guess, or I'll just speak for me, like for me, I have a very, in my mind, I have a very clear idea of what they're going for in a turtles movie. Um, and, and, you know, the beats it has to hit or like the market they're trying to hit. Um, cause again, like, and you can see from their marketing, they very much want this to be a success. And so to yeah. me, I just know like the kind of movie we're going to get is going to be like a certain kind of movie. Like you're not going to get like a last Ronin movie cause yes. they have well, so much writing on this. It's essentially like a relaunch of TMNT. In, yeah. yeah. In but that, that's, the, that's the big thing though, is I, I did go in not trying not to have expectations and i did go in like being ready for just like a fun silly movie but i guess i just still struggled with it but we can we can get more into that uh as i guess as the episode goes on did we talk about how we want to do this episode do we want to recap the movie (laughs) oh yeah we're doing we're doing like last time we're just kind of going at it right the live recap The live, recap. Okay. the live recap. I you were here for last week's Mike, but yeah, the the episode that you're supposed to summarize, I uh, <laughs> thought it was Keith's episode to summarize, and so then I 
prepared a summary for the wrong episode. Oh man, and, that's uh, like the second time in a row you've done that. <laughs> I I know. I he's got other things on his mind. I never like learned the second never... time around. Oh oh hey. <laughs> but first, uh, hey. let me let me tell you a story. <laughs> oh hey. Hey, hey, hey Perhaps I can best explain the story of my young friends and I is really the story of a man named Hamato Yoshi. Oh, oh my. All right, so Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. This movie came out to theaters on August 2nd of 2023. I got all those dates right, right? We're in the year 2023? Yep. Technically, that was yesterday. That's so weird. That is is weird. So our movie begins with Dr. Baxter Stockman making a bunch of uh, mutants in his lab. He's there's going to be his friends. He's got one of them that's a little older that is a little mutant fly that he's talking to. He loves his mutants and they're his only friends. He's lonely. And then a whole bunch of just SWAT guys, but doesn't look like they're actually SWAT. It looks like they're actually you know some sort of uh, mercenaries. Maybe they're Blackwater. I don't know or Darkwater. I don't know. But uh, these guys, they come running in. They completely loot Baxter's place. But uh, the fly gets away with all of the other mutants. And Baxter is taken in by these guys. Well, he's, he's shot, right? Oh, was he straight up shot? No, what? he... Well, well he's, keep, going, mean, keep, going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Later they say he was murdered, right? Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Yeah, anyway. So, so the thing is, there's a... There's a during this whole struggle in there, you know, and the whole capturing of Baxter Stockman, possibly killing, uh, you know, there, there's some ooze, of course, that goes down a drain pipe and ends up landing in the sewers on some baby turtles. And uh, and a rat picks them up. But, you know, we, we learn that part of the story later. Well, and you left out uh, Cynthia Utram was the ones having them. Oh, yeah. You know, well, yeah. yeah. Baxter Cynthia. was like an offshoot. From, like, he broke off from his TCRI job went rogue yes uh so yeah then we uh i don't know shortcut to 15 years in the future right and we see the the turtles as teenagers jumping over roofs grocery run well they well we don't know that yet they're jumping over roofs using their ninja (laughs) training when master splinter has sent them out on a very important mission to retrieve gogurt yes so they so they go out there cool ranch doritos Underline the party. Yeah, underline it twice. <laughs> yeah, so you know, we learned that the turtles go around and have to kind of to to survive. They have to be. They have to go and steal things from uh, all the different stores and and places around New York to to feed themselves and to to have a home. Uh, and we learned that they will never let humans see them because humans are awful and terrible and will kill them on sight if they see them. And I don't know. Someone else want to take over the summarizing duties? I'm starting to get a little muddy here. 15, yeah. So uh, yeah, go they go on their instead of going home to straight to Splinter. Like Splinter always wants them to go home right away because you know he's afraid of them getting, you know, murdered by humans. They go to like a movie in the park where everyone's watching Ferris Bueller, and you get like the real sense of you know how lonely they feel and how much they want to join the human world. And so it's like a very sad moment, like, because they're, they're having fun. This is great. And they realize, like, you know, they're permanent outsiders and they'll never be a part of that. So they sadly 
let's link back to the lair. And of course, Splinter is not happy with this. He lets he lets them know that the humans will milk them. Uh, you know, yes. they capture them. <laughs> Nipples or no, they're gonna get milked. Right, yeah. milk for their mutagen. And so what, they get grounded for a month, right? Yeah, yeah. a month. Um, one month later, uh, yeah, like during a supply run, a month, a month yeah. passes. One month, one month later, the turtles are uh, out on another supply run, but are goofing around on a rooftop, uh, filming funny videos for themselves. When all of a sudden, one of their ninja stars is thrown into the helmet of a young April O'Neil. Uh, just as they're trying to explain or yell at her from the rooftop, her scooter is stolen and the turtles have, uh, the turtles, well, mostly Leonardo decide to go after the guy who stole the scooter and get it back for April. Yeah. Because Leonardo is smitten and he is falling in love. Thirsty. And so so they, they track them to a garage where the turtles where they, have, they have their, their like first, first real human their fight, first real battle. Uh, where the turtles have their first real battle, their first victory as everyone is taken out, and April finally gets to meet the turtles face to face. As they go back up to the roof of the Laird building, the turtles are explaining their origins, and April reveals that she's an aspiring journalist, and she's taking all of these notes um, to get more information about the turtles. Uh, she would love to see them again. And the turtles then go back to their lair because Splinter is texting them and April's mother is texting her. So the group, the group splits up as the turtles are back home. They call April again because they've decided that to no longer feel like outcasts, the turtles will become heroes just like the Hulk in Avengers Endgame. If the public yeah, perceives cause, cause the April turtles, didn't, April didn't see them as a threat because they were, saving her right? exactly That's how they came to that conclusion so they came to the conclusion because they, yeah because april april says that because they helped her she's not afraid of them so that if they do that on a larger scale and help everybody in the city then everyone will want them to sign their baby and be heroes uh so they call april back up and decide to help her um find the evil superfly who's been terrorizing the city, stealing shipments of radioactive equipment. Yep. And yeah. so they pretty much go around behind Splinter's back out at night, beating up a whole bunch of gangs, fighting people until they finally narrow everything down to where Superfly is at. And they take a shipment and are going undercover to deliver that shipment and then to fight Superfly. I think one thing we skipped is like in the middle of one of these scenes, like we do see like Superfly's one of his first runs, like how he operates, because like he has the people, like they they're doing like the elaborate heist where they steal the the item, and once they get back to his lair, he essentially like kills them and takes the part. Well, I think that's spliced in before this. It is, but we skipped it because it wasn't important. How dare you? Because you know, if Uh, I didn't remember, then it probably wasn't that important to the plot, right? (laughs) Well, well, I'm just saying, like. We're, I mean, we're not doing a, yeah, we're, we're doing, it's a full break. We're not doing like, a this is as, as full as we can remember. <laughs> yeah. Detailed. Hopefully, detailed. hopefully people, the people need have, to see the movie. They can just listen the to this. Watched, yeah. Hopefully the people have watched the movie before <laughs> they listen to this episode. Uh, I'm banking on one of the listeners just coming in blind. We're gotcha. helping them. So you're not, they're, you don't want, yeah, you're not going to tell anybody that this is a spoiler episode. They're forming a jump in. picture in their mind. <laughs> gotcha. 
Uh, so the turtles have uh, assaulted multiple um, multiple informants throughout the city to gather where Superfly is going to be meeting. Uh, Bad Bernie reveals the last piece of the puzzle that Superfly needs, and he's the one who's going to be delivering it when the turtles decide to take out Bad Bernie and do it themselves to confront Superfly. As they confront Superfly, he rolls up, and they find out that Superfly is actually a mutant, just like they are. Superfly introduces him. Uh, Superfly introduces the turtles to his crew: Genghis Frog, Leatherhead, Rocksteady, Bebop, Wingnut, Leatherhead, Ray Filet, Mondo Gecko, and Scumbug. As the turtles see all of these mutants for the first time, Superfly introduces. As the turtles meet all these mutants for the very first time, Superfly invites them to hang out and maybe listen to his plan uh, because he doesn't want to kill the humans. He wants to create. As the turtles go to a bowling alley to hang out with everybody, Superfly explains his plan of creating a world that's safer for mutants, where unfortunately humans will become like animals to them. Yeah, or like gladiator arenas. They have they have a whole host of awesome ideas yeah. for what the humans yeah. could do. Some will be crushed into a fuel. Some will be pets. Yeah, they have yeah, a whole. They're, they're yeah. open to new ideas and experiences. Open to suggestions. <laughs> <laughs> that was, April, that was funny. April, who's been filming all of these exploits, uh, tries to let the turtles know that hey, maybe don't uh, be filmed. You know cavorting with the bad guy and giving him the last piece to his genocide puzzle. Uh, the turtles then decide to come up with a plan to stop Superfly by uh, improvising and stealing the piece that they just gave to him. Uh, as they do that, all of the mutants as they do that, all of the mutants then begin to attack the turtles and Superfly just proves that he is way too much for the turtles. He, Wally, um, Molly Wops. Yeah, I know. I was going to take that again. Oh, we're just, it's, we're doing it live, Mike. No cuts. We, we, this is no, straight we're, through. Now we're doing, now we're doing cuts. <laughs> no. Don't do it, Spencer. Superfly, no cut. Superfly, Don't, do it. Don't fall for it. Superfly Molly Wops. He's the master of all lies. The king Superfly of all Molly Wops all the turtles uh, and steals the piece back to for himself. Yeah, and so then, you know, he, um, the turtles they get there, they get Molly Wopped. Though I think technically only Donatello really gets Molly Wopped. His whole body um, got Molly Wopped, he said. Yeah. <laughs> they, they wind up the like, other, falling the out of the van. Were... Just they, they fall out of the van and they get surrounded by the, the TCRI guys and get kidnapped. Yeah, so they're kidnapped and they get hooked up to a milking machine. They're <laughs> getting the milk. Mega milker. Yeah. Three thousand. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> yeah. sure about the number, but Yep, so they're getting the, the blood and the mutagen milk from their body, and then April saw this happening because she was filming, so she runs, and she goes and finds their dad, Splinter, lets them know they're in trouble. Splinter runs in and saves them from being milked and, and frees them. They then return to the lair. Uh, or, and they no, decide he, slides that, lair. He, sends, he sends April home because at this point, April oh, yeah. is the only human that he likes. She, she's the only good human, he says. Uh, yeah. They just... Splinter decides that he's going to take the boys to go stop Superfly. Yeah, that's what it is. Not, not, not they don't, they don't take a stop at the lair like they would in the '87 series. They say right <laughs> then and there. That, I'm sorry, to summarize that series. He says then right then and there that they need to be responsible for what they did. They're going to go, uh, go stop this. 
So, so they, they get... Good. They're off to Staten Island. Yep, to Superfly's secret uh, derelict, derelict ship hideout, um, where he's putting together all the things. Um, he's about ready to set this plan in motion to make like a cloud seeder, basically, to kill all humans and make a bunch of mutants and stuff. And uh, like the turtles and, and Splinter are getting stopped by the other mutants, and they eventually like convince Mondo Gecko, like, hey, this is like, you don't want to kill everyone, do you? And he's like, well, not really, but it's the only way for us to find acceptance and like no we know at least like one good human and uh they kind of turn all the other mutants to their side and they all go and attack superfly in the machine but superfly is like way more powerful than all they are keeps batting them off eventually though they were able to knock the machine into the water with like superfly getting electrocuted by it but the thing goes off underwater and now superfly is mutated and combined with like a bunch of sea animals including like a giant whale and uh, now he's like a super duper mutant. And then that goes on the land, gets into the zoo, and now he has like legs and arms and stuff made of horses and stuff that were in the zoo. Yeah, so he goes, you know, he thanks the turtles, then he goes off on his kaiju mission to destroy New York City. And the turtles, of course, pursue him because they realize, you know, this is their big moment to make humans love them with Splinter's blessing, too. So they, they go to the city, and uh, they very quickly find they are hopelessly outclassed when trying to stop Superfly, and they get trounced pretty pretty handily. Yeah. Um, and then they find you know the party van, the pizza van. I can't remember what's the official name of it. Um, but they hatch a plan based on Donnie's uh, superior anime knowledge. So always keep up with the anime kids; it'll pay off. Um. And it still kind of goes disastrous, but they need um, the people of New York to eventually step up and help them. Yeah, where, so they have, I think important context here, they have like one of those canisters of the retro mutagen weapon that yes, the yes, TCRI yes. guys are using. They got to get that into the blowhole of uh, the Superfly mutant thing. So it'll yeah, you got to give context to why they wanted this. Why yeah, they what his, spread through his bloodstream. And that's where the anime come in, because like, that's what they do in uh, Attack on... Titan, Titan. Right? Mm-hmm. Titan. Yeah. Yep. I don't know. So meanwhile, mean. meanwhile, during all of this, the city of New York thought that the turtles had brought the threat to the city. Yeah. Uh, and so news reports had been uh, going out talking about the mutant menace or the mutant mayhem, as it were, uh, how the turtles and had brought all the mutants to the city and were now destroying it when April sees this. Uh, and being the aspiring journalist that she is, she comes, she overcomes her fears uh, of being on camera to go step in to the news reporter seat to the anchor seat and deliver the news for the first time. Uh, and with those where, three sentences, she sways public sentiment throughout the entire city and all the humans come to help the turtles. It works. And I mean, maybe it was the puke. Puking is very relatable. True. True. Yeah. So <laughs> like they got the, they so got you got to give context to why she's puking. <laughs> Sometimes you just puke, Mike. Yeah. I don't think it's important. I don't think it's important. (laughs) We're way past that context at this point. I know. I know. That's why why I skipped it. So public opinion swayed. Uh, The humans help the turtles get to the top of uh, this giant mutant thing. And I think it's Michelangelo finally like dunks it into the to the blowhole and superfly whale mutant giant thing is defeated. 
what, like a week later, they enroll in high school. Yeah, yeah they're yep. allowed to enroll like, in high school. The, the other mutants cool come to live with them in the sewers. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, Splinter's Mackinon scumbug. Because they have a lot in common. Boy, we are then, dropping uh, a lot of out of context things for people. Uh, the the well, I, really, I thought you said I really, we were supposed really to see the movie before. Hey, yeah. I yeah. really <laughs> hope they watch the movie before they listen to this. <laughs> the end. The end. Oh, the I, end. Guess, I guess there's there's Roll an after credit scene, and then after there's credits. an after credit scene where we see the turtles enjoying their high school life. Donatello has found the computer club. Raphael is on the wrestling team. Michelangelo has joined the improv comedy troupe that he signed up for earlier in the movie, and Leonardo is helping April into her investigations into TCRI, because now that the mutant menace has been defeated, they've disappeared. While all five of them are at the prom, uh, they are under surveillance by Cynthia Utram, who is now seeking revenge uh, when her head lieutenant says there is one person that they could, that they could call for her to get help, where she says, "Enlist the Shredder." Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, we see a silhouette at the end. The end of the very end. Very spiky. The end of the end. Yeah, the final end. And that's it. That is a very bad recap of. Hey, that was good. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, I thought it was very. It was just so much very, of it was very. out of context for people. There, there was there was even almost turtle like banter going on. All right, that that's was the magic right. of it. Uh, it's you know what? Talking right. at the same right. time over each we other. Right. The right. of a it's a yeah. good thing we. It's a good thing we have four hosts now. It, yeah. It's like it's like Ninja Turtles or maybe an episode of It's Always Sunny when we're just yelling over the top of each other. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to express myself through rage and yelling. <laughs> All right. Second time around. Hey, nice junk. Uh, the lieutenant's name is Spider. Just so you know. I don't know if it's a reference to or something, but his name is Spider. Did you, there you, go. Did you catch that like in the credits? or? Uh, it's in the, the novelization. Oh. oh. Which that, is... That... I've, I skimmed it briefly. It's terrible. It ends like with them pushing the machine into the river. There's like no third act whatsoever. There's no uh, April puking. Yeah, I didn't think the junior novelization would be an accurate retelling of the movie. I well, thought it would be, be a retelling of the movie. Like, yeah, roughly cover the same scenes. But yeah. I, I do suspect it was just it was I don't even made think it's a finalized. junior novelization. It's like a like isn't it like a baby picture group picture book where there's like. Three no, it literally says the junior novelization on the cover. Well, it, it, uh, yeah, it's a book book. He, he sent us a picture. It, it had it had yeah. like a full page of words. I sent you a picture of it. No, I sent a picture earlier today. It was, Did you? Yeah. The inside of oh. it. Yes, I sent like three pictures. I, I didn't pay attention to that. <laughs> wow. I was at the details. Well, Mike doesn't know how to read. Oi. <laughs> I just All assumed right. they probably had the story worked out and then there were things in the movie like that were still up in the air or you know and I'm sure for like the timelines they just have to like you know print it and ship it out or it's it's no, not no, going to be like, timed up. There's a lot of the movie that's missing. Like I bet. them going to high school and everything. Anyway, the, well, the junior novelization they... is not canon, you know, so therefore his name hopefully isn't Spider and is hopefully like <laughs> Winter not, or your <laughs> Hun. No, not Hun. Hun, Hun no, I, wa- they, I want they, him they to be Hun. Dragons. He was no, very no, no, no. Hun-like. He no, no, very... no, no, no. He, he needs to be like Sergeant Winter. Like, these, these guys should be Darkwater. Yeah. Like, they should be a group of mercenaries that are hired out by the Utroms. That, that would be... Like. Yeah, like, that would it. be the ideal 
thing for them to be, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, maybe, is the fly at the cool. end that that Cynthia has? Is that a, like a demutated superfly? So the so what it says on Wikipedia is that it is uh, holding the now unmutated superfly captive. That that is what I've also believed to be the case. Because yeah. otherwise, it's just a regular fly, and like that's so a it's very like, how did they unit. get Superfly? Like, how do they know that one is specifically Superfly? They look I for mean, the one with the blowhole. Because what I he, was, he was probably like around the scene of the crime, or maybe he was trying to get like back to mutagen or something. So what oh. I like, what my headcanon was, was I was thinking that like she's experimenting and creating Baxter Fly. Because no. okay. So back, no, so no, back no, no, to the beginning. No. Yep. So back to, I know Spencer's worst Spencer nightmare. Will not allow it. No, but look, but look at it this way. Look at it this way. It's going to be, it's going to be like insane in the membrane. They're like experimenting on him. So he's going to be in a jar. So you're going to get your torture porn that you want. He's just going to become a fly too. What if, what if I don't want that though? Like what if, hear me out, hear me out. Baxter's just turning himself into a robot to give himself longevity. Nope, like, it's got to be got to be Cynthia Utrum that does it. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. And, and we already have uh, a fly mutant with Superfly. We don't need another one that's Baxter Stockman. But it's a yeah, I would like to see Superfly again. I have uh, like I think we need. Well, I think we need to point out that uh, Cody was wrong all along. No, 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 no. Yeah. I was right. No, 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 no. I was. I was literally right. And we've seen the director has given an interview um, where the toys were made, you know, early on because the toys have a long lead time. So the toys were made when the character of Baxter Stockman was a like a high school teacher who did get mutated into the fly. And so the toys were made based off that. So I was right. And the movie was wrong. Oh, thank goodness they changed that script. Oh, I, think that's, okay. a, I, I that think that's a that technicality. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to. I, I think that's it. I think that's a half half point. That's not that's not a full because Baxter's in like two seconds of this movie. I 100 percent believe at some point they were supposed to be the same character. Yeah. Well, I mean, there there were some leaked storyboards um, showing some different scenes or how cer- certain scenes would play out differently. And then the art of the um, the movie book um, that also has uh, some different names for different characters that we see, like Bad Bernie. Um, one of the one of the like the informants that the turtles are shaking down in the book specifically calls him Rat King. Mm, yeah, I, I did. I do remember that. And like, you know, they very specifically do not call him Rat King in, in there. So that that's got to be one another change that like kind of happened somewhere along the way in that movie. Um, Spencer, he was the more rat looking guy oh really with the, really with the rack with the rat king color scheme yeah he was the last one well they like they yeah. like he tells them all the stuff and they take over for him and then wrath punches him at unnecessarily well i'm glad they didn't just make that guy the rat king that's that's yeah. also a good thing that's that's also yeah. good. um so so yeah so that guy was listed as the rat king um what's funny is like i watched like screen crushes like easter eggs that you may have missed um like thing their their videos that they usually do after big things and he got so much of it wrong spencer if this movie irritated you in some way that video <laughs> would piss you off i almost sent it to you what did he it's get like, wrong it's it, it it's not so much like 
the stuff that he just blatantly got wrong. It's that a lot of it is kind of misinformed. Um, like he'll say he'll like he calls uh, Krang from the original cartoon and Utrom. Oh yeah, that's that's not accurate at all. Yeah, the lore. Yeah, respect yeah. the lore. <laughs> respect the lore. Um, God. Okay. Sorry. This is kind of a second time around. So Mikey wears Mikey has braces in this one, and part of the lead up to this movie has been like people asking dumb questions like where does Donatello get his glasses? We see that he picks them up and he starts wearing them. Like <laughs> he just does. That I can understand. Braces are like glued to the your braces. Teeth, okay, the braces I get, but it's also at the same time I don't care. It's not like it's not like you even see them um, that often. Yeah, I don't I don't care either. I just think it's like it's just like it's a fun cute teen thing. Like he's a teen, yeah. he has braces. It's, exactly. It's as deep as I need to go into it. I mean, they're already like if we want to ask the real questions, why does the mutagen cause an awesome mutation and not just horrible cancer deaths? So, but my what I was getting to is that like that's kind of been like a thing that like people have been asking and it was just so funny because in the showing that I was at on Saturday literally the girl behind me asked that and i was just like i died <laughs> i was like oh my god it's real <laughs> the thing is is the mutagen was made to mutate things and not turn into you know horrible cancer whatever's the, yeah know, there, she specifically like, a, said a she was she was gonna weaponize it to create like a dolphin man yeah like there there is a lore reason for that right there's no lore reason for the braces I, I need like, the lore behind a it. A second scene could have could have solved all our problems, right? Yeah, Doctor Donatello just going, you know. But then again, this Donatello isn't that kind of Donatello so far. Yeah, which you know, yeah, I, exactly. I, mean, I don't want to. I just assume if we want to get like really deep into it, I assume you know, at some point they they visited a dentist or something, you know. But they've never been exposed to humans because they hate humans this whole time. So maybe, yeah. so maybe Splinter just looked up how to do it online. Because, spoiler alert, that's videos. how he teaches them how to be martial artists. Which I don't is say ninjas. I don't say ninjas. I say martial artists. Yeah, which, which is a reference to the original story. Because the original story is that Splinter is, you know, mimics his mar- master's martial artist's movements in his cage. And that's how he learns. So now they just mimicked the thousands and thousands and thousands of and hours of videos on YouTube that you can find in other places on the internet. Yeah, technically, I find oh, this way of him learning. You took that a lot better than I thought you would. I think I, it actually uh, makes more sense. I think it's like, in yeah, terms of plausibility, it's much more plausible. It's actually slightly yeah. better than the original comic because the rat doesn't isn't required to have human level intelligence this time. <laughs> yeah, right. I also think yeah, like and- we're we're probably done seeing Hamato Yoshi as Splinter. Like the last three iterations of Ninja Turtles have not done that. Yes, they so, have. I, no, they have that. The Michael Bay one, he learned it from a book. The Rise version, he was Lujitsu, not Hamato Yoshi. And in yes, this he one, was. Hey, spoiler alert, Lujitsu is Hamato Yoshi. Oh. Yeah, huh. it's like... At the, at the, <laughs> Did you it, get to season, stage the end of season two, he goes deeper into like the lore. Yeah, no, he you, is. Find out, you find out in season one. Do you? Yeah. You find out in season mm. one, but you find out in season two why he abandoned being Hamato Yoshi. Oh, uh, maybe I just and didn't you, care. Either way. Rise. <laughs> rise is good. Justice for Rise. It's not bad. I just, it, I'm just i not so madly in love with it like people who are madly in love with it are. So Anyway, um, we're here to talk about me and Mayhem. 
Uh, other little Easter eggs are yeah. ones that a lot of people have seen, uh, you know, already in the trailers. Things like the Laird, uh, you know, sign. Laird building, Eastman, yeah, Eastman High. High. Scale Tail. I saw Scale Tail too, yeah. Yeah, yeah Scale Tail is awesome. I was and trying to think, it, is Dolphin Man, like, kind of like pseudo Armagon? Yeah, I was like, I I was like is that a dolphin yeah. or a shark man? But yeah, she said dolphin man. Eagle man kind of threw me because I was like, that could have been a stuck. But yeah, I was trying to think of like a, if there was any kind of eagle man, you know, counterpart, but I couldn't I couldn't think of anything at all. Yeah, we also hear the ninja rap for a few seconds uh, when yes. they're fighting the bad guys in the chop shop. Uh, uh, yes. There is a ton of just real world references in this movie. Yeah, um, so like apparently the MCU exists in this movie because I wasn't kidding. They really re- referenced the Hulk from yeah. Avengers mm-hmm. Endgame, and it's like even specifically Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, he's uh, on quick feet. on his feet. Yeah, yeah he's quick on his <laughs> feet. Um, <laughs> tick- There's Chris this, Evans. Yeah, uh, there was the um, the that's right. The Who played Casey best, Jones in 2007. Best. Yeah. Uh remember there's there there was a reference to the best Chris arguments, uh Chris Pine being the best Chris. I do uh, I do agree Chris Pine is probably the best Chris. Oh yeah, yeah. it's universal I support it. Is um, it is that is that acknowledged? Oh yeah. Absolutely. Uh I, I don't have I don't have a yeah, my never, skin my skin's not in the I, game. I don't I don't have a horse in this race. So yeah, I, I haven't analyzed the ballistics yet. I don't know. Uh, oh don't worry. No, I mean the research is already done for you, don't worry. Only um, one of them has participated in Ninja Turtles, so I guess it's Chris Evans. I, you know what, that that is fair. He, yeah. we are a little biased uh, towards him until Chris Pine uh, joins the family. I'm sorry, uh, Chris Evans has got to be the D and D movie makes up for all of it. The D and D movie was really good, so uh, it but also, a, but you know, yeah, Chris Chris Evans has the t- the turtles DNA in it. Um, I think they picked Chris Pine though, also because uh, they. Paramount owned Star Trek, and you know, true. My why not? Chris, Chris Pine was in his Captain Kirk uniform. Um, I mean, like I said, uh, TikTok exists in here, and not just TikTok, but specific people uh, in TikTok. Um, uh, very specifically, Aki uh, from a bodega in New York, uh, who I follow because I love watching him make food. He's He's like, oh, a, he makes like the breakfast sandwiches. Yeah, it's like, the, let's throw uh, in Captain Crunch. Yeah, give it, and yeah, give it to me the Aki way. The sure, sure, and don't forget the Bev. Oh, oh, that's what that was. That, that was. That makes sense. That I makes was sense. like, good for bacon, him. Bacon, cheese. <laughs> yeah, let me get a bacon, egg, and cheese the Aki way. And for everyone who hasn't watched uh, those TikToks, like, like Cody said, like people will pick out stuff from the bodega. So it's like, you can get a bacon, egg and cheese, but like with like a honey bit, like a honey, uh, biscuit off the shelf. And they do uh, look delicious as hell. So yeah, he clearly like he, knows exactly what he's doing. I mean, some of them are incredibly messy, but it's like the, the fact that he gets everything wrapped and it's neat enough that he can do a slice reveal. You know what bugs me about that? And maybe I'm the only person, or maybe I don't have sandwiches enough this way. So he wraps it in paper, right? Uh, and he cuts paper it. and then paper and then foil. Wouldn't there be bits of paper and foil in your sandwich? I mean, not if it's a clean slice. And it's I mean, sharp knife. Every slice, yeah. every slice real, is a clean slice. Knife. Let's yeah, get a real. Slice like a ninja, cut like a razor blade. Right? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. 
We need to go but, there and test it and see. I mean, if if I ever get to go to New York, I mean, I'm absolutely going there because I want to, you know, I'll stand I'll stand in the line because I'm assuming there's a line of uh, people trying to get him to make food for them. But it's like, and then like he always pairs it with uh, a drink afterwards. So that's the don't forget the Bev. Um, I'm sure there were other TikTok uh, references in there. That was the main one I caught because that's the one I follow. So <laughs> I was like, I know that reference. That that went way over my head. Yeah, TikTok um, is so vast that there's there's entirely things on TikTok that are absolutely huge, and you may literally have never seen them despite being on TikTok all day. That's kind of the yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it wasn't until Cody was talking about like NPC uh, lives, <laughs> and now all of a sudden I'm I'm getting nothing but them. Uh, yeah, that craze has kind of waned a bit. It's not quite as strong as it used to be, but yeah. Which is funny because like I literally caught it at the at the tail end of it, so it's like I only get like the the main girl, like Pinky Doll or whatever her name is. Uh, she's great. She's hilarious. I love her. She's like French. I found out. Oh, not Pinky Doll. I mean Pinky Doll. She's cool too. Though, oh, God, oh, I feel like such an ass. There's a different one. I follow. I linked it to you, Mike, when I was first yeah, talking her, about yeah, it. Yeah, uh, Crystal. I think her name was. Yeah, Crystal. Yeah. Yeah, because she's hilarious, uh, but she's doing it as like a gag. Well, because like the thing is, like Pinky Doll is doing it like seriously, and there's other people before her who are doing it seriously too. Yeah, and then other people realize she was doing it, making thousands of dollars alive. So they're like, "I'm gonna do that." And so you have people like Crystal, who's going through and doing it, and it's just like so comedic. It's like I describe it like um, Lucille Ball at the like chocolate shop where they're trying to keep up with the conveyor belt. Yeah, and so as she's trying to say all these ridiculous things, she's just like laughing and. She's the best. Um, that's my tangent for that. Yeah, I love it. That she's like, yeah, she's like melting down as she's doing it. But yeah. um, like Pinky Doll's like, I don't know. Anyway, uh, so I'm sure there was a, there were other references in there. Um, I mean, like Bat, like I said, the the MCU exists in this movie, but also you know Batman exists in this movie. Like you know they they or at least like the the Dark Knight trilogy because they reference they make fun of leonardo for like talking serious so actually i have a question am i the only person who just kind of default assumes every movie exists in our world is that not a thing i mean i don't know yeah i mean i expected definitely ninja turtles movie to have a whole ton of of pop culture references and this one went above and beyond with that i mean I guess yeah i was because like few this one because like the, the turtles really, have always made really hard on them yeah <laughs> the turtles have always made pop culture references like you know from Turtles 3, like, oh, were you expecting the Adams family? You know? Yeah, or Chevy Nova. Chevy I, Nova. I was seeing a thread of people. Yeah. People were complaining that this movie has too many references. And they were like, actually, I saw 1990 last night, and kids were asking what a Chevy Nova was. So slow your roll. Like they've always done well, that. <laughs> I mean, I made the point. I made the point too. Like in you know, Secret of the Ooze, Mikey makes a Ralph Nader joke. And it's like, how many of us understood the Ralph Nader joke? We, when we reviewed the movie, we asked, what is the Ralph Nader joke? <laughs> like, we Most didn't even the... get, we didn't even get it. We get it now because somebody explained it to us. He does the Cagney but, impression in the first movie. Cagney I got because like, the Cagney was like a cartoon impression I, I'd heard. So like, I kind of understood it. Um, But like, yeah, the, the Ralph Nader, like, why would a kid get that joke kind of thing? Um, so yeah, I mean, some of the humor in this movie is going to be dated, but that's also like the nature of the turtles. Like the, the turtles are kind of a dated, you know, like that's part of their charm is like there, there's been enough turtles now to have existed in like every, uh, like every era. 
So we've had, so we've had our like, you know, eighties, nineties turtles. We had our two early two thousands. We had our 2010s and these are the 2023 turtles. Like, you know, 40 years of this franchise, we have a turtle like for every decade to make those references. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of a neat thing. If you think about it, I just, I just do hope that none of like the actual, like little children got the attack on Titan references. Like I, ho- uh, yeah, I really a hope lot of kids, <laughs> a lot of kids are probably a little too young to watch attack on Titan. Uh, you yeah. know what I think of when I hear attack on Titan? Um, has any of you heard of Marjorie Titan green? <laughs> <laughs> no no gosh <laughs> i can see it i know what i like just yep. you saying it i know what it is right and then yeah. i can think of the picture and i'm like oh i know exactly yep. what you're talking about uh, yeah i can think of it too <laughs> yeah. oh it's bad um so yeah so i uh, just a fun a ton of references in this in this movie um this this is kind of a i love being a turtle but um i think the real thing that i kind of noticed um, and part of it is, uh, part of it is just kind of the nature of the story being told, um, from the perspective of like outcast teenagers, but like, th- there's a lot of scenes in the movie where like, you feel really bad for them because like, they are so alone and isolated. And I think this is one of the best versions of turtles to really kind of sell that outsiderness. Um, absolutely like when they're little and, babies and they look up towards the like the city streets and oh, i mean a lot of it a lot heart. of it is, a lot of it is the music that's laid in with it but uh, where i'm going is like it really kind of gives like this melancholy tone that like certain issues of mirage gave me and i was like that's probably the biggest connection to mirage that i can make is just it's that kind of tone of some issues mm-hmm Spencer, you know, it definitely is like one of the parts that shined through was was that you know them feeling alone and and having that be be persistent in there, and that is, oh man, I I mean, part of the part of the my oh man, I don't want to get into anchovies, but the, I just feel like a lot of this movie got <laughs> overhyped, and people like super overhyped the Trent Reznor score, like it was like some masterpiece, and it's Ooh. just okay. I think okay. that is, I actually like anecdotally. So I saw it once with like my, my sister, her husband and my nephew who like, he's 20. And so my sister's older than me, obviously, or uh, not, obviously, I don't know why anybody, was, obviously. I'm the yeah. Youngest, I don't even know how old you are. You're what? 90? <laughs> yeah. 92? I'm 84 years old. Um, and I also <laughs> saw it with two of my friends who are just, you know, regular gals. They're not like turtle fans. They're not even really like comic book fans. They don't even go to movies. But across all of them, people thought the soundtrack was a banger. So I, I don't know that that's actually overhyped. I think yeah, my like, my wife like, my my wife was kind of the same way. She really liked the score. Um, I don't know. I, I, I mean, just, I I will I agree with I Spencer. <laughs> I will agree with Spencer that like it it gets drowned out a lot. Um, and it's like some of the some of the song choices are like they're not bad, but like sometimes they don't add anything. I think the best one is the fighting montage to no diggity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was really good. Like, yeah. That no was diggity is not a Trent Reznor song. Right. Is what no. Spencer is saying is, is yes, like Trent I'm Reznor talking about, but, 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 but where I'm going is like the, the actual, like Trent Reznor stuff is like, there's, there's like certain parts where it's like a super synthy, like, yeah. Uh, soundtrack. And I'm yeah. like, this is really good. Yeah. And, and um, like those are good. Like it does hit good for those depressions. 
depressive moments but i don't know anyone that's acting like it's groundbreaking like it's literally the soundtrack for for the bad batch and season seven wars as well i think i like, need it to sounds just like that it's, i think i need to that's kind of sad uh but, and, but also like that's my jam like that is one of my favorite well, things to like put on i do you know i do it but i just don't see it as like groundbreaking or something to freak out about like it, it was a nice touch it, it was good but I just don't see how people are like, oh yeah, that was incredible. Anyway, I, I think it stands out because it, it's not very often. It's not a ton of movies where people even think about the score at all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like you think of like Interstellar, people think of the score. So it, it's it's. I think it's rare enough that when people do actually like it, they know they take time to notice. Mm-hmm. And so I do no, think that's... it. I'm not. I'm not saying it's like revolutionary or groundbreaking, but I do think people are genuinely like big fans of the score. Yeah. No, and in, I in think other they, ways that it would go unseen or unheard, yeah. I should say. No, and that's fair. Anyway, point is is they they executed that well. I don't know. Are we are we treading into I love being a turtle territory now? Do we really have any more like no, Easter no, eggs? I mean, no, I mean still I'm still going off on Easter eggs. Um This is our second time all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's why I'm prefacing stuff that like may tie into a different. Well, it is um, hard. I'll say it's harder, like in a theater where it's like you can't like take notes. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, so it's just like, it. yeah. jumbled in my yeah. head. I mean, yeah. seeing it twice definitely helped because I could like confirm a couple things. Um, you know, or or like I could. Oh, I remember this from the first time I watched it. Oh, okay. Now I can yeah. see. It. Yeah. Um, I think. So I mean a lot of a lot of or a big uh thing in big change in this movie is uh Splinter origin where like he's just not fr- a Jap- a Japanese rat at all like he's not a Japanese character. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do have some theories about that. I I do as well. Um well I have a theory about it. Or like uh, how things connect together. I am hoping well, mine is so bad mine is more they, just a headcanon. But I'm I'm hoping so bad that they bring in the reincarnation aspect, and that's why he has his accent, and that can also make it so that they can actually be tied to the shredder. Yeah, man, that would be good. That would be that so, would make me happier. Uh, I okay, you're really not going to like my theory then. Oh, I'm curious well, what your theory, theory is, Mike, though. and then I'll give my theory. Is it theory uh, time? I was just gonna say that Jackie Chan isn't Japanese. Yeah, that's so true. they made Splinter not yeah. Japanese. <laughs> that's kind of like that's your theory. That's not that's not a very in depth theory. Well, right. I'm I'm just saying that's it's like you know it you know it's it's just a it's just a socially conscious thing so that like you know don't make your Japanese guy a Chinese national. Um, yeah, you know it's and we know that Splinter has a history of being played by like non Asian men. Um, and then when you do get, you know, him to be, uh, when you do get him played by Asian men, like you have Hoon Lee in 2012, who was Japanese, uh, or part Japanese. And then Eric Bowser, who's, uh, I forget what he, I, I don't think he's Japanese. I forget what he is, um, who played him in rise. And so it's like out of all the splinters you've have, you have two Asian guys that, that have played him only one of them being Japanese. And so just in my head, they, because they've mentioned in, the, in um, interviews uh, Eric, that Eric Bowser is Canadian. Well, right. <laughs> but Canadian's not a race. 
It could be now. Um, he's, <laughs> anyway, he's Filipino. Filipino. There you go. See? Um, so, like, I, so my, my theory was, was just that, like, they, because in some interviews they've mentioned that they've cast the people and then kind of wrote the characters backwards based on the, uh, based on the people that they cast. Mm. Um, I don't know how in depth that is. Like, I don't know if they did that for every character, um, or if they just did that for like, you know, the, the mutants. Cause those were all, you know, those were all celebrities. Um, but for me, like with Splinter, I was like, okay, like I could see him just being a normal rat living in New York, you know, from Chinatown. <laughs> and it's just, he just sounds like Jackie Chan. Yeah. Um, that was kind of where I was going with that. Uh, and it just, that just made sense to me. Yeah. I don't know. For me, the reincarnation thing, it would be like, oh yeah, this is why they're able to pick up martial arts, even just by viewing it and mimicking it. I mean, granted there are people who have learned martial arts that way in real life. Like I'm pretty sure the guy that plays death dealer in Shang-Chi is a guy that pretty much mostly, I don't know, he probably also took some classes, but he also learned a lot from mimicking Bruce Lee and stuff like that and trying to do different things like that. He talked right. about it. But also, too, like, they've been training for 15 years. Yes, and it's so 15 years. Yeah. Yeah, Part of it is like, so, like, the ooze can, like, certain for, certain incarnations of the ooze increase your, like, aptitude and your intelligence and stuff. Yeah. If you want to get more into the IDW stuff as well. Yeah, so so that's the thing is like it could increase all that stuff and and so it could just make it even better. Uh, so like, I don't necessarily need the reincarnation angle to yeah, justify I think me for me like, Splinter, like Splinter, unless you start off right off the bat. Splinter literally even says in the movie like it just makes sense when you think about it. <laughs> yeah, about because he he started off as an old rat, so that's why he started he's off old. as an old rat. So that's why he's an old rat. But they were young, so they so they were turned into babies. It just makes sense when you think about it. I agree. Right. Do you want I to hear agree. my sh- my shredder theory? Is it time for shredder theory? When's a good time for theories? I, I guess. Yeah, I mean, like... we're we're here. Let's yeah. let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> so what if what if so Splinter tells the turtles like you know the, essentially the reason he he's he started teaching them to fight was because he took them on the streets and he realized like oh this shit's really really dangerous right mm-hmm. um so they have to defend themselves. What if he maybe not lied to them, but didn't tell them the full story. What if he ran into the Shredder and that spooked him super badly that it gave him extra motivation to like really teach the turtles? It feels a little too retconny, especially yeah. because like the, because they spent so much time like on the origin in this movie. Yeah. I and, mean, it's it does, because, like, like, Splinter's, just be like, Splinter's like just like a little, like at the end of the story, maybe, but you know, Splinter's Splinter's prejudice, like throughout the movie literally says that he hates all humans. And it's like, if one human is what set him overboard, that kind of changes his perspective. It's and his character arc. But, you know, I was so, I was so dead on with my Baxter theory. Um, I'm making it official now. This is going to be the correct theory for Shredder. Everyone, bookmark it. You can come I back to me I literally just later. gave you a perfect reason it wouldn't be perfect. <laughs> hey, hey, things change. Things change, Mike. <laughs> anyway. Uh, and, all right. Are, are we so good think, on the second time? Oh, okay. Yeah, so, I think, well, yeah, I'm kind of closing up. Like, I, I, there wasn't as many direct references. Um, 
you know, other other than like kind of stuff we've kind of talked about before, like Cynthia Utram is most likely an Utram TCRI. Yeah. I'm surprised uh, we didn't get to see her brain. Utram is is Krang. I think Cynthia Utram is going to be Krang. Yeah, me too. I, you, you could notice like her um she has Krang colors. Like yes. the yeah. and she, and she's got like yeah, like the glasses she wears. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The visor. She's um, she's going to be Krang. But okay, so a funny thing that I noticed were the the TCR guards, uh, TCRI guards uh, at the end when uh, Splinter is fighting all of them. It it's not direct, but um, on their backpacks sticking out over their heads is like a little tuning fork, and it just reminded me of like the Krang droid suit. Oh yeah, mm. uh, it's like it's on their backpack. It's not on their head, but it's like when you're looking at them directly on, uh, it looks like it's sticking out of their head. And I was like, that looks like. I was like, that just takes me back. One weird like nostalgia thing about this was the like the ending where they're all getting crushed by su- the giant superfly mutant. Like, so they're all in a line. They're all about to die, and Raph is admitting that he actually really loves them, which is exactly what happens in the first Michael Bay movie. Which I thought was really, really strange. Mm, so that's true. Softy also, rash. also yeah. similar to the first Michael Bay movie is Superfly's plan is literally the same thing as Eric Sachs's plan. Yeah, release a yeah something into the air. Oh my god, is this just just the Michael Bay movie again? <laughs> Except for you know they didn't Let's do a whole bunch of like last minute changes to. It to would have been cool. If they no, we did get last minute changes. That's why that's why Baxter Stockman wasn't a teacher this time. I mean, fair enough, but those, I don't know if those are like last minute though, right? Yeah, I'm like, just, I'm just, yeah, I'm just I think it was just like, like too late for them to update the toys. Yeah, yeah but. probably, definitely. I mean, that's happened before. Like, if you look at the 2012 toys, like they have much different feet than the the final product because they're yeah, or even like the some of the Bay toys. I think they made versions where they like they're like the turtles in disguise because they had more scenes yeah, planned. Of yeah, them. the raft in the big trench coat that looks like yeah. a giant turtle in a trench coat. Yeah, yeah, because they were going to do more with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really want that toy, though. It looks insane. I know, me too. <laughs> All right. I think I think we can move on to anchovies. No anchovies. You put anchovies on this thing and you're in big trouble, okay? I can't let you know. All right. Dun, dun, dun. Everybody sit down. Spencer's walking up to the podium. <laughs> I've only got three. I don't, three that I wrote down that I haven't said yet, I guess. <laughs> I have some too, surprisingly. But yeah. Spencer, the floor is yours. Uh, for, uh, so, I don't know. Like I just, I just had a hard time just getting into the movie in general. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because I'm old now and boring. Uh, but I just... I don't know, I just had a hard time in general getting like really into it. Like it was just kind of an okay movie uh to me. You know, granted there there's plenty of things that I love and I will talk about those later. But overall I just it just kinda was okay to me, uh on, on a story level. Um and and I do feel like it goes really too hard sometimes where it feels like the writers are a bunch of forty year old men in a right in a in a writing room trying to write teen speak. Like, like they say the word "sus" like fifty times in a well, ironic twi- way. They said it twice. Also, no, they're like, consistently babbling in that scene, being like, "Oh, that's a little sus. That's doubly sus. Oh, sus, sus, sus." And they're like, "Oh, one, gosh, you're being one, sus." It's one sus, key thing, sus. though, the way they recorded we're saying and sus, said, guys. 
Seth made them do it this way. He made sure they recorded all in the room together, and so they were improving and and actually like cross talking and speaking with each other. So there yeah. there could possibly be a lot of scenes where it wasn't actually written, and that's just the dialogue the kids were doing. Yeah, back like and the, forth. the TikTok scene that I was talking about earlier is literally one of those scenes where they were just throwing stuff out there. You can like, tell there's, there's so many points in this movie where it's just all four of them talking at the same time, and you can't tell what the hell they're saying. And that yeah, was part so of so much of that. That's and what, that was part like, of I what that they, made it like very realistic and yeah, natural. exactly. Like that was part of the magic. I think um, was just like making them so believable because like they, you know they're just their four brothers talking over each other. Like I mean, we're not brothers, but the you know we're we're all four of us are good friends and we talk over each other. We've been talking over each other this whole time. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, like and that does make sense, but. I don't know, and there's just so much like just dropping of like franchise names constantly. Like I know that other Turtles movies have had references; they normally do, but it's just like all the time, you know. Oh, it's just like Attack on Titan, you know, Mark Ruffalo, Hulk, all like all like it just feels like they're just constantly name dropping franchises. It just I don't know. To me, sometimes it feels like it's just trying a little too hard to be to be teenagers but you know i could be wrong and maybe it is just teenagers being teenagers and i'm not a teenager anymore so i just don't get it uh you know that's also a possibility uh another another thing for me is that the mute animals are all pretty much pigeon pete with a different aesthetic like all the mutant animals like the whole gang how is that a bad thing damn i didn't even think of that you're absolutely right though (laughs) like they're all just stupid they're all stupid and 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 the lore guys the lore <laughs> all all these characters you know like in in so many different stories have like a bunch of like history to them and depth to them like like leatherhead like leatherhead is usually a character that has more depth to him and 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 has i don't know complicated like you know fighting with with the, the beast inside of him as he's deteriorating or like an IDW has like self-loathing that you know, makes him hate all mutants. Like there's, and so, and it just feels like they grabbed, like they asked playmates, like, okay, what are the most popular mutant action figures you have that aren't the turtles? And they gave them a list and they put them together in this gang so they could have them there. When when they could have used other more, they would be more obscure mutants, but still it wouldn't have to be the ones that have usually a bit more of a history to them uh, and well, have that... backstories too. I also didn't I mean, understand, like, if they all grew up together, why did Leatherhead, in the one line that she had, why did she have an Australian accent? I yeah. mean, so a couple things there. So I think, I mean, one, I think Leather, I think uh, Superfly raised them to be stupid and not question him. You know, because mm-hmm. Bebop and Rocksteady literally say, I think he's the reason why we're angry. Mm-hmm. You know, because they talked about how they're always angry. Yeah. Um, I agree with you that they all were kind of just they're like they were all fun but like they all weren't characters like except except for mondo like mondo yeah there were too many of them mondo got the most um the biggest highlight and i was thinking about like what did leatherhead even do in this movie she yeah i know she i know she had a line i remember her talking about what she said and then like to spencer's point like there is always a lot of depth to versions of leatherhead but also sometimes he's just a big dumb gator man from you know the bayou only the you 1987 know. series does that. Only the 1987 series does that, and it's I, well, the worst well, version of Leatherhead. Well, it right, is. but it but it's the most memorable version of of Leatherhead, and because of the action figure, 
Well, yeah, and also I mean, and the games, and it's just and kind the of games, like and you amalgamate him into like Leatherman, you know. But I mean, the you know everybody, you know, the creative team has said like you know this is based on you know their the figures, like figures. their recollection yes. of the action figures. Yeah. Um, which I mean we've talked about it on the show too. Like, you know, when I was thinking about it, everybody had a Genghis frog figure. No one really had a Napoleon figure, which is why yeah. Genghis probably appears in the show. Despite, you know, there's four punk frogs usually, Three, you know, but, and now you, uh, and now you've singled out just one of them. Yeah. Well, what a ways to like Hannibal Buress is like one of the funniest men on the planet. And like, I don't even think Genghis got a line in this really. He like, he did, one he time. did, he did like, but it was only like, a few things like, yeah, like you know don't don't patronize, don't patronize me. me hop 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 <laughs> and then he and then he says like he said so four words like, yeah four words <laughs> i think he says the like, gucci gucci goo or something yeah. when he like yeah. when he's driving um he had he I mean, had like I mean, a, a line me, in the sewer i mean for me like, uh i mean wing wingnut was also really good um but <sighs> also to spencer's point like wingnut's not a mutant you know, yeah, Wingnut's an alien that is from another planet, and and also has like this like touching backstory with Screwloose, where like Screwloose, but also yeah. like, but but that's yeah, and that's the thing is like if you only ever had the toys, then you'd miss out on Wingnut's backstory because even then Wingnut was painted as a bad guy in the action figure line. Yes, and, and that's the thing. I'm talking like Archie Comics. He's got a great a great backstory that's like kind of like sad and touching and things right. with, with screw loose where they find companionship, you know, in being outcast, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, and so, and so, I mean, like to, to Spencer's point, like, yeah, like that, that's part of the stuff that kind of sucks. Like, you know, Mondo's a lot of fun. Um, and I, I did, I did like Wingnut, but it's like, you know, I wanted, I wanted to like Bebop and Rocksteady cause I want, you know, cause I, I love Bebop and Rocksteady in general, but it's like, they don't really, they don't really do anything. They don't do anything yeah. worth like being lovable other than like, you know, every now and then like, be, you know, they, they would have funny lines to each other and then like rock steady, you know, gets beaten up and then like bebop off screen, like, Oh, you know, nobody hurts rock. And then he would run in. You yeah. Know? It, yeah. And so that's kind of, that's kind of my, my thing is it just feels like a lot of these mutants that I don't know, have, usually some background and depth to them just aren't being used in that way. And granted there, there is a chance that they could branch out to that in the future, but until then I'm kind of disappointed. So I have a few ways of thinking about it. Um, for one, I think it's, it's kind of a matter of perspective. If, if you came into this expecting it to be an adaptation rather than just a new version or a new like amalgamation or reimagining, you're you're trying just always going to be in for heartbreak because like we have to keep in mind TMNT is at its core like the reason TMNT is what it is it's a commercial property to sell product um like the mirage comics were were their thing but TMNT is what it is today because they they literally sold out to make it like a commercial property whether they intended that directly or not it's it's what happened so when you're making a movie um you do kind of have to do like you can do a few different things and they clearly in a way like let's do some fun references. So I view these things more as just kind of cameos rather than they actually intended them to be full characters. So I view them as like kind of like a, a extended cameo and cause they have the ability like 
I loved TMNT as a kid. I can make a movie now. I, I'm going to make the most of this opportunity. I'm going to throw everything in it. I'm going to cast some of my friends. So, you know, I'm doing Gecko. I'm doing Leatherhead. And they're just throwing it all in what's really just like a cameo. And then they also have, you know, two seasons of a show planned, a sequel, so then they can branch out and go from it. And yeah, like it, you, it's not like the lore story, but again, I don't think they ever envisioned it as like a direct adaptation. It's just like the new, the new thing. And there's no reason they can't like take all these characters and go put them in those directions with that like backbone. So that kind of that kind of leads me to my to my big anchovy uh, is the ending and how everybody is accepted and the mutanimals live with splinter in them now and not that not that that's bad like if this was just like a one-off thing uh you know if this was if this was the only story i was going to get with these characters i wouldn't care as much Mm -hmm. but the fact that this is going to be ongoing it's like now i need to know where you're going how do bebop and rocksteady become antagonists again to the turtles because now that you've got you know yeah, yeah, like I mean, I'm sure I'm sure they will. I'm sure they're gonna have to establish some kind of status quo um mm. for these characters. But it's like that's my that's my biggest kind of pet peeve. It's like, where do you go from here? You know, you've given the turtles what they want, you know, by let it, by making them accepted by everybody and then going to school at the end of the movie. Like, that's cool, that's good for them. They got what they wanted, but it's like what is the next step, you know, mm-hmm. and just, and just bringing in shredder. Like, I don't, I mean, I, I, I can't see how like they're going to up the ante with, with shredder. Like you've already, you've already got a giant Kaiju, you know? Yeah. And you already had him, you know, get captured and milked. Uh, yeah. So, you know, it, it's, See, but he's tearing apart their family now. The mutants are getting bored. They they don't want to go by the rules anymore. I mean, sure, they, yeah. They like, embrace I, the life of crime. Then their friends betray them, and now the turtles are on the hook for all their mutants who were good. I can see could, it like easily getting twisted back into like, you know. And that could be interesting, but you know they they've got they've got their work cut out for them. And that, that's kind of my See, thing. Is it? Me, I find it all exciting actually. Was like. Yeah, the, I, Sorry, I just want to say real quick, I I think what would be even cooler is Shredder in high school. Just like, hello, fellow kids. But he's like, like Shredder Shredder is a teacher at the high school. Sorry. Go ahead, Spencer. I I totally interrupted you. Mr. Mr. Saki, who teaches uh, math. But that's the thing with the end credits scene, though, as well as like being like, it's the Shredder. Like, there's literally no reason to be like, oh, man, the Shredder. Unless you know who Shredder is as, as the Ninja Turtles villain, right? Because yeah, so that, they, he's there for us. Like that's there's there's no established connection to the turtles plot or story wise. It's just like oh, we're bringing in this guy. It's Shredder, and he's just going to be a guy that's hunting the turtles because <laughs> Krang hired him to do so, or Cynthia Utram, I guess, because we don't know for sure if it's Krang, but pretty sure it's Krang. Which like, which like okay, like you know, it's not the first time that Shredder and Krang have worked together in like a business sense. You no, know, ID, IDW did it. Yes, but, no, and, and that's fine. Like, I'm okay with them working together in a business sense. But part of what makes Shredder interesting as a villain is his connection in history with the Turtles and their master's masters. Right. Without that, he's just going to be a guy in spiky armor that's been hired to take out the Turtles. Right. And, 
you know, and in this case, you know, maybe they create that kind of family, you know, rivalry history, you know, in the next movie, like maybe Splinter or Shredder does something to the turtles to establish himself as like their villain, which, which kind of fixes that problem. But also at the same time to Spencer's point, like it, that that's not, what we usually care about like we we you know every, almost universally everyone loves the orokusaki hamato yoshi conflict yeah you know it just it just makes perfect sense and so now that we don't have that this is really like the first adaptation that does not have that i um, didn't have it 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 did but in a bigger sense like orokusaki was the villain of the hamato clan not just yoshi yeah, way, but it's still it was still kind of like it's not he was like yeah, eh. they never met right. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean those those two never met, but exactly. but every but every Hamato had to sacrifice themselves to keep him locked away, and Yoshi was the first one who abandoned that because he didn't he he saw that he had to abandon his mother and that traumatized him. So it's like even when they changed it, it was still kind of there. Now, as far as we know, there is no Hamato Yoshi in this universe. And so, yes. Where where do you go? I mean, it would have been it would have been cute if like one of the videos that Splinter watched to learn martial arts was like like Hamato Yoshi's YouTube channel. Like that would have been cute, but I think or Chris Bradford. I mean that. I mean that's that's a that's a deeper cut for like the 2012 (laughs) fans. Um, that would have that would have been fun, but it's like you know did they intentionally not include Hamato Yoshi because they want to use him in the, in the sequel or did they just, or, or is he just not important? And it's like, that's, that's a really important question that, you know, I don't think they're going to answer anytime soon. Um, I don't think they're going to answer it in the tales of the TMNT TV show that was announced. Mm. Uh, and it's it just it just sucks having to wait, you know, for the next movie, which could be, you know, it's going to be years from now. Yeah, yeah, and this like it'll be probably much delayed, even based on their timeline already. It's going to be much longer out. Yeah, my my other just kind of I guess final final things is I think Superfly should be Old Hob. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of Old Hob's motivation. I mean, yeah, that was kind of yeah. that was kind of you're right, you're right. That they, was kind of just Old Hob. Yeah, they created a whole new character to be Old Hob. Um, I mean, it's a different well, flavor because I—I I mean, I liked, I loved Ice T or Ice Ice T Ice Cube. Ice wow. T is the song he was referencing. Ice Cube. I do like Ice T though. Ice T is cool. Uh, Ice Cube, like you know, Ice Cube gives like a really like a, a fantastic performance. Um, yeah, he has super a fun. fun. Like he goes from like, oh, he's a cool guy to like he's a very scary guy. Like they yeah. really nailed that. Where, but literally all of the mutants are already a different flavor, so they might as well just make Old Hob a different flavor and have well, because it, it's also to be the mutant terrorist character. It, it's again, yeah. they're they're like they're making a new property or a new version of the turtles, but they still need to tie it back to like old folks and give us references. So they they can't just, you know not bring certain characters back you know does that make sense but it was all made by 
by old people who already filled it with old characters that were action figures. Old Hob would be the only one that wasn't, and Superfly didn't exist before either. But sure, I mean, but, but, Super, but Superfly, Superfly, yeah, back well, but, Superfly yeah, is because back it was Fly. supposed to be Baxter Stockman. Yeah, 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 like that's that's, that's where you get that. Yeah. So, I, I mean, anyway. I, but I get, but I get the point. Like you're right. Like Superfly was is just 100. percent That's old Hob, and it should have yeah. it should have been old Hob. Yeah, mm, I don't agree with that. If, I mean, it should have been old Hob if they hadn't cast Ice Cube. Um, I don't. Okay I don't think it. they ever should have brought that into it. As my and I, I love IDW. Doesn't I think sound like made, it. Sounds like you're a traitor. No, it's interesting. It's interesting. I guess I should wait. I thought, for, you, were, um, I thought you were a cousin. <laughs> yeah, don't don't cuss me. Cool. <laughs> don't don't bring that up now. That doesn't do with that. But that, that, I guess that's kind of just like my final thing. These things, you know, they like these things can be fixed. But I hope Baxter Stockman comes back, and I hope we still get Giancarlo Esposito voicing him. Bonus points if he's turned if he's like cyborged himself and he's like you know put himself inside of a robot body or is making himself a robot. Uh, yeah, I guess he could not be dead. I mean, I, I took it as him being dead, but they could very so easily have him did not bring be the dead. body back at least. Yeah, right? so they they don't say that he's dead, they say like everything is gone. Doesn't Superfly at some point say that they're the people I'm, that killed his father? But yeah. he also wasn't there to actually see them kill him, right? Because he was already escaping. Because he, yeah, so he, he was already gone at that point. Because Baxter blocks Superfly from the explosion like of the canisters. Mm-hmm. And then that's what like knocks him out. And so that's like that's when we see him face down on the ground. And so to save him from his mortal wounds, he's turned into a <laughs> cyborg. I love it. Cyborg I can't believe they got such a big name. This is like my biggest anchovy. One of my biggest anchovies is they got the huge name actor, like perfect casting for Baxter Stockman. Yeah. He says like 10 words. Yeah. Yep. No, that, that's He's kind of the final of, thing for me. It's so like I said, out of the entire if, movie. And he, he does, I mean, he does a great job. Like it's, it's, yeah. it's a really good scene. It's very disturbing. Mm-hmm. Um, just yeah, he's the, kind of formed too. So like, it makes sense what he's doing, but like, yeah, I, he, I mean, like, he says like the 10 humans, words. All he the humans paid kinda, by the word. I swear. All the humans are kind of deformed in this movie though. Yeah. Except for April. Except, Wait. except for April. I mean, I think part of it is like, I don't think April's necessarily like overweight. I think part of it is just the art style that just makes her shorter and chunkier. She's, she's also just a regular ass person. Like, like she's just a, yeah, she's just know, a regular person. Like, I don't know who the f- people think they're walking around with on this planet. Language, language. We don't drop F words. But yeah. I can promise you. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you all right, all right. This is PG thirteen. You get one. I feel very strongly about this. You don't walk around with like these skinny, thin supermodels. I don't look like that. Most of the people I know don't look like that. So I think it's absurd when you see like a person with a normal body that looks like, you know, ninety percent of the people watching the movie when somehow everyone pretends like, oh, that's a that's a crazy fat person. What have they done? They put and you I, on camera. They put you on camera is what like they did. That it just it drives me bonkers. <laughs> I live in California. We all look like that out here. So uh, anyway, uh, that was a joke. But yeah, no, I mean, I'm with you. I'm with you, Cody. Like it's it's you know, fat phobia is a thing. It's disgusting, and it's just it's a it's shame just, that it's so indicative of how used how used we've become to like movies catering to the male gaze so very very much. Yeah, and I mean, anything outside of that is belittled and derided. It's yeah, and it's just like some of the people. Some of the people have just 
been really great. Like there was a there was a guy I sent you the pictures yesterday, like you know, saying that Mikey sounds like a thug, and it's like Mikey doesn't yeah. sound like a thug at all in this movie. Like, and it's like the only logical conclusion yeah, you can come yourself. to is like the dude is yeah, the dude is making a dog whistle and you know telling on. Himself. I would argue it's not even a whistle; it's like a dog bullhorn at this point. It's like no. <laughs> on the opposite side of this argument, though, I. I really don't appreciate that. Like the entire reason that Leo wants to help April is because he's so attracted to her. It's like, yeah. that's not very heroic. Oh, like that's just, not uh, that was, I mean, he's a teen. Like he's, it's the first like real human I girl think, he sees I mean, and can interact I get, with. I get that. But if it wasn't, if it wasn't the second time we've seen that. Yeah. Like that yeah. exact thing. And if like 2012, if yeah. 2012 hadn't run that into the ground so much, yeah. then I think people, I think that is better, but it's like the only people that would have thought that was funny were the people who didn't watch 2012. I uh, did watch 2012 and I loved it. All right. Well, you're wrong. So <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's, it's not, it's not funny. You know, it's also just and, like the opposite of, heroic right like it's it's but you're I just mean, doing it to get laid right i mean like, but that, you're not doing but that it to is that is the lesson that they ultimately learn is well, like they well, were, they were trying is to like heroes for the wrong true. reasons mm-hmm. you know that that is a, that is a lesson that they learn but yeah um, it's, it's also just night's tale literally every night gets the girl and whatnot like it's not yeah, it's not like yeah. it's some crazy trope like right. james I mean, bond gets the girl right. but i'm but i'm just saying is that like 2012 <laughs> it's just that 2012 had done it so for so long and so badly that it's just uh, everyone's it's the worst part of the show it is the it, worst no part no, no 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 badly no, yeah. it's badly I, written i enjoyed it i enjoyed it i mean yeah the first I feel time, like i'm the only one who truly loves tmnt on this podcast mm, no i just <laughs> i love it enough that i can look at it objectively seems like a lot of haters I look, I can but, look at my love objectively. So yeah, no. But the, the, my final thing is, is that like Michelangelo is just invisible in this in this movie. Like just um, invisible. Yeah. I don't think he is. I don't think he's invisible, but I think he does have the least amount to do in this movie. Like I, um, I want to be in the improv club because I'm into like improv comedy, but I will not make almost like a single joke this whole movie. Like. <laughs> You know, like, I mean, like, yeah. the, like the way that they brought it around in the, in the end. The way they brought it around in the end was he was like, "Oh yeah, whales had blowholes." Like that's not improv; that's just knowledge. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, and 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 so like Mikey, Mikey did suffer the most in this movie, but it's like Mike. A lot of Mikeys tend to when they folk like when they try to spread it around. So like this wasn't this was like one of the first movies that doesn't have like a Leo Raff conflict. You know, everybody everybody's either mad at Leonardo <laughs> or you know, everybody's, everybody's genuinely cool. Um, and so it just, because everybody, there's so much going on in this movie. Like they focus on Donatello because like Micah Abbey's Donatello is like, just one of the best parts of the movie, but, but you lose out on Mikey and it's like, because they're all teenagers still trying to kind of figure themselves out. Like Mikey, Mikey's only thing is like the improv thing, but it's like that, it, it the way it, you're right it's kind of shoehorned into the end it's like uh, I, I well it's not rather... shoehorned like he he goes like he signs up for it at school like that's a big scene for him where he's like coming no, up no, with no, a name no i'm whatnot. talking about i'm talking about into the final i'm talking about in the final like battle not not the end credit scene where we see that pay off i'm talking about like the end credit scene like when leo's hyping everybody up and he's like mikey what are you the best at improv 
And I was like, when did Mikey display that at all? See, that's where like, movie? like as a fan, that's where like I don't need things to show in the movie because like I already know Mikey, and well, so it's no, interesting to right. me because like I don't I don't need to be shown it again in a movie. That's where you, stuff you like that would not, be helpful it's to not, me. It's not just about being shown it; it's that we're told that's his thing and we didn't see it. That's, that's I mean, I'm and I would argue like he's kind of like he has little stuff like pe- his like dialogue peppered in is that stuff all around. It's like if he was going to do improv, then it's like then he should have been the one kind of taking the lead with, you know, with Superfly's gang and improving there. But the way they sold yeah. it is that it's more he's an improv comedy guy, which that's what he doesn't do this entire movie. Like he just feels invisible the whole movie. Like I just feel like he's incredibly easy to just forget that he's even there, uh, for almost the entire movie. Like he has like a few scenes where he you know signs up for the 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 club, and then you see him at the club, and besides that, he just doesn't really do anything. I mean, Raph is kind of the same way. Raph, no, but like Raph, Raph gets to have like these moments where he's like, "I'm awesome," and you get to see his rage, and and you you know you see him like being the one to shake the bad guys and. Like he's got a lot of funny well, right, but, stuff. Like I'm you know, awesome. We you see, know. but but we see Mikey. You know, he's doing his like he's doing awesome jumps. Yeah, he's doing his awesome jumps. He's the one that lands like the killing blow on on Super Duper Fly. Like he, Mikey does do stuff. But, but that's not improv. But that's not improv. Yeah, that right. that's what that's that's my it's point. Adaptation. I would like, argue Mikey is the most like well rounded of the turtles. So he doesn't like he doesn't have any problems. He's just kind of. Then make then He's make the that normal. his thing, but it's like you're you're trying to just shoehorn in the fact that Mikey is the party dude, and so it's like you make him, you know, what's you know what what could they give him, and so they give him the improv comedy thing, and it's like it doesn't like the, it only pays off in the mid credit scene. It doesn't pay off as like a thing in the movie, and mm-hmm. but but also too like Raph's thing is just you know I'm you know he's just, you know it's time to get loud, mm-hmm. you know, so Raph doesn't really have an arc. I mean, he he has an arc because you know he he says the thing at the beginning and then he says the opposite thing at the end, but it's like he doesn't like his his whole thing is just like I'm just getting loud because yeah he's, I mean because he's the rage guy to me the turtles already are the archetype so I just I don't need to be explained it it's just well I, I mean Donnie's not Donnie doesn't do machines he Donnie's just the nerdy one then well they're also like fifteen in in most like right. to be fair in in most turtles. They can claim they're teens, but in most Turtles properties, they might as well be like 40 years old, you know, because what teenager knows, like if you go to the IDW, uh, like Donnie, why would a teenage Donnie ever know any of that? Like, where would he learn it? How would he have that time to build it up? Well, he's yeah, he specifically he has Harold and he also says that he's been learning online. Well, even then, like part of the flip side, like if you're going to portray them as actual teens, by default, they can't have a lot of the characteristics because they're just, they're just, they're, they're kids. Right. So I think that's kind of the interesting thing when you actually make Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles actually teenagers for maybe the only time, like by necessity, you can't, like Donnie can't be like some epic computer hacker because that wouldn't actually make sense in the same token. Because he wasn't in the original series either. Uh, in the original comics, I that you know, there's actually things that I like. If we want to move into that direction, we can. Uh, let me check my notes. Yes. Did any of you take notes in theater or try? 
No, I, I, I read someone. I read someone, someone doing that. Section. It's it's eight thirty, so we gotta we gotta. Yeah, I get. I got a lot of nasty looks when I did that. So. <laughs> All right, let's get let's get on to I love being a turtle then. Oh, I love being a turtle. So the animation, like especially the art style, to me it feels like a callback to Ninja Turtles roots. Like it's got this like underground art feel that kind of reminds me of its indie ground, you know, indie comic book feel. Uh, you know, kind of being a little rough almost in in the way that the art and stuff is done. I yeah. think it adds a lot of character to the movie. It's pretty cool. I'm I'm into it. It's a dirty looking movie. Yeah. Like yeah, it. I think the art style is just, it's beautiful to look at yeah. all the way through. Yeah, it was yeah, like, I'm... I was on the fence about that and then like Donatello's voice. I know I, I was definitely one of the people like when he first came out, I was like, he sounds like he's like six. But the more I heard it, the more I'm like, okay, I can hear the squeaky teen now. Well, it's also unfortunate for that kid who is a teenager when people are like, yeah. oh, you don't have a real voice. And it's like, I mean, apparently I do. I'm a real. Yeah. <laughs> like the youngest, yeah. the youngest he was recording it was like maybe 13. I always thought that was hilarious. And even because even now you see him in interviews and it's like he has a higher voice. Like, what are you supposed yeah. to do? Like, no kids yeah. have that. Like, but it is like like it is like I do understand how it is jarring at the same time. It didn't bother me, but. Yeah, I it, think it, it didn't it didn't bother me either. Um, you know, it just the fandom as a whole is just used to 30-year-old dudes playing the turtles, you know. 30 30 up to 60-year-old men playing the well, turtles. Like, actually saw, turtles. someone was talking about like they should bring back the the old cast and someone was like I don't know if we need like 60-year-olds playing teens. <laughs> yeah, Speaking and it's like of awesome 60-year-olds. I like Jackie Chan did a great job, I thought. I did too. I didn't go into this thinking I would I would care that much, but it's like he did such a great job as Splinter. Oh, like I yeah, he, like everything he just he was genuinely just a good character, you know. Yeah, the Splinter was so well done and you really like feel for him when like the turtles come back to the lair and he's throwing them the party and they're like, Well, that's sad. nice. See ya. Yeah. You're just like, dang. Like that's heartbreaking. What amazing career that man has had like he started in movies not knowing any english and now he's like starring as a voice talent in an english movie crazy and then like that is pretty the, awesome the fight against the tcri guards is like just a callback to a lot of jackie chan movies where he's just improvising his fighting style and yeah <laughs> it's just it's yeah, so my friend good <laughs> my friend turned to me and this was like my normie not a nerd friend and she was just like jaw dropped she's like he's a badass yeah my wife my wife liked it too like it was just a ep it was such an epic moment it's for me it's it's that kind of moment where it's like like do you ever get like emotional for scenes that aren't like sad scenes but it's just like the payoff is so good yeah, just, that yeah, it you almost just, brings you like tears up. to your eyes you just yeah. got hyped up man yeah no the the yeah. final like hallway fight scene in guardians of the galaxy 3 when they like turn around and yeah and that one like man that that made me do that that made me do that Along with yeah, all the I, other super sad scenes, those I think stacked on top of that moment. Anyway, yeah, different Guardians Three will wreck you. Yeah, yeah. That, that um, wrecked me. But yeah, Jackie Chan just absolutely nailed it as as Splinter in this movie. Um, yeah, definitely one of my favorite versions of Splinter. Just because it yeah. really sells. Prop even like before that, honestly, like Rise was my favorite version of Splinter in terms of like family dynamics. Because even though he is like a total schlob dad like he is you know there's reasons for it and it goes on but this one really like felt like super duper 
like dad to me, like more than most iterations. It's like, like and his like his motivations for not liking humans, like just really does feel genuine. Like you see it from his angle. Like he, you know, he genuinely, like he grew up his whole life, you know, mm-hmm. being hated by everyone. And except then like Kevin. the, huh? Oh, except, except Kevin. Except yeah. Kevin. Except his yeah. friend, Kevin, who he ate later. Um, <laughs> but then like, you know, then he meet, then he finds the boys, like finds his purpose in life, you know, tries to overcome his fears, you know, for the first time. And he's proven right. You know, humans can't be trusted and they try to, you know, hurt him and his boys. And it's like, he's, he's justified in his, in his fear of, of humans. And it's like, that's, that's the key difference between, um, him and Superfly is that like Superfly because Superfly really tries to drive home that like we're the same. You don't like the humans. I'm just trying to do something about it. Uh, Splinter doesn't want to do anything about it. He doesn't want like he he just wants the humans to leave him alone. And that's just that's just a really good character motivation for him. And I liked it. I like I I when I found out that he wasn't Hamato Yoshi, I was skeptical, but where they went with it. I actually really did like it. I can't wait to get this like on streaming or DVD so I can pause on April's. Notes. Oh yeah. The only uh, one I saw oh, was how many guys, hang on, hang on, yeah, hang how on. many guys has he stabbed? That's, that's <laughs> yeah, that's the one I saw. I was like, oh my that's God, what that's I meant funny. to write down. I also like anytime Raph would use his side to hook into like a building or something. Like that was so yeah, cool. like that, like that when they're, when he hooks onto the TV scene, like that oh, big yeah. billboard, whatever. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, so some of them, uh, some of the, some of April's notes, uh, is, uh, one, the first one is, have you caught COVID-19 or any other diseases? That's, um, uh, how many people has the red bandana turtle stabbed? Does he need therapy? Yeah. Uh, Unrelated. How much toilet paper is too much for the sewer to handle? (laughs) Can you be good ninjas? If I've seen you. (laughs) <laughs> will you have to kill me now? Uh, are the weapons from Hot Topic, Pawn Shop, self-made? Um, but yeah, that was, and then her second page of notes. This is that that those were really funny. But it's like it goes by so quick. Yeah, you kind of have yeah. to like pick like which one am I going to read? Which one am I going to read? And you're like, ah, oh, the stabbing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I even when I was seeing it the second time, like I was still like. You have it in your head, like, okay, the scene's coming up. I gotta pay attention. And you're like, God damn it, brain! Well, you read the stabbing again. <laughs> <laughs> there was some, there were some legitimately good jokes in this movie. I, I was really surprised yeah. at how. Yeah, I, I thought it was a very, very funny, and I was like, yeah, yeah we were like laughing the whole for way through. me. For me, pretty much every joke landed. Like the milking, the milking running gag is just—it's one of the best things in this movie. It, yeah, it really was. And like Splinter um, being right about it. And he's like, and and he, like, being he right, he's like, like is that a milking milk. machine? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, that was one of the reasons yeah, why he's there dying. Like, oh, them. no, Splinter was right. Yeah. yeah. And that was one of the and that was one of the worst things for them. Not not that they were dying, but it was that Splinter was right about the being the milk being, uh, yeah. them being milk. Um, that was really like Don Till's like gangster impression. It was like I need the bacon and the eggs or whatever. I, got my I love, <laughs> I love that Donatello wanted to see uh, BTS in real life, and then all the turtles like offered to sing it to him to you know 
eases yeah. sadness and they're all like because they're dying <laughs> and they're, they're all, also like oh, no, they're the all crying they're all crying while they say while they're singing it and they're just getting all the words wrong you don't um, even know the lyrics you don't even know the words so good. like um <laughs> i i think out of all of them like donatello was my favorite just he was just he was so funny yeah um, like when they're just, like incredibly when, witty when leo's trying to like convince them that they have to hate april and he's help april and he's like do we i mean yeah, he's like, do we have to do that <laughs> which is a which is a thing that donatello from mirage uh would often say yeah very logical cold donnie i Do- donatello and mirage was a lot more cynical hmm uh, and I don't know, to me, Raph was a lot of fun in this movie. I already kind of mentioned that earlier, but like, I, I, I loved his stuff and I, I loved seeing him, you know, talking about how his rage isn't a problem kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and I, yeah, just him going out there and, and yelling and just his overall, you know, I guess his, boisterous personality. I, I think his, he was a lot of fun. Yeah, I was surprised how much I liked him. Like, I his, didn't yeah, think I would, like his incredible edgy, like licking his sigh. At the I know. Yeah. Of the movie. He's like montage. he's so confident. He knows exactly who he is, and he's totally okay with it. You know? <laughs> yeah, like he's the only uh, one who's like fully like a character with no like. He's he's got no problems. He's got no self doubt. Um, yeah. at the end of the movie, like when he joins the wrestling club, like he's at prom showing people like his boxing technique. Did anyone else see like the in the prom scene? Did anyone else imagine the kid next to him was Casey, the kid to his, I guess, our right? If you're watching it, I didn't imagine that, uh, but I did. I was like looking for references for Casey, like you know, I was looking. I was looking at all the lockers, and making sure there was no like hockey masks anywhere. Yeah, because I mean, it is on the toys. I would, I would, I would argue. But... Yeah, I hope Casey's. On the toys? With with the way the show was already like a gone, skull mask on the package. Yeah, it's with, like with a thunderbolt way, through it, kind of. But I t- I take it as a Casey mask. But who knows? With the way this show is going, I hope that he's a crazy adult man. Like the the way this movie's already gone with the TV series, please make him an adult because it would make it. Since this is already kind of a, a funny, silly show, we've got Splinter dating scumbug and stuff. Well, yeah, Casey we didn't even, could we be didn't like even go over the gym that. teacher. He could be like the gym teacher that helps them fight crime. That'd be cool. I, I heard a theory nah, that the guy that the Superfly make him nuts. I, and yeah. just out there. I heard a theory that the guy that Superfly beats up is Casey Jones because he's got a baseball bat. But like that seems like the loosest. Yeah. Theory. Someone else had a theory that Superfly runs into the shredder. Oh, I forgot to talk about how uh, the back of that one package was a lie. Oh, well. oh like the movie Turtles. Yeah. Yeah, the disguised turtles on the back. It says that they wear it to a, a party like a, or something, but it's yeah. it's not a movie at all. Anyway, I do wonder if it was a cut scene or. Um, I'm interested in what was cut from this movie because it feels like there's probably yeah. a lot out there, or yeah, like but, different iterations. That's that's the interesting yeah. thing. Like when it comes to like when you're making toys and you have all this promotional material, that like you have to sync it up so like the lead time for everything, and so sometimes yeah, that, that's what's yeah. super interesting with uh. Yeah. A, one of one of my favorite running jokes was was also Splinter. Um, it was Splinter talking about how there's like no other mutants out there. Like his dating pool is very small. And, He's looked. Yeah, he checks, <laughs> he checks every night. 
Um, but then, but we, but we see that pay off, you know, at the end when he meets uh, Scumbug, and they have a lot in common. <laughs> yeah, and he can like talk with her, and it's a nice callback to his like best friend being a cockroach mm-hmm. back in the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, which they do clarify in the movie that Scumbug is a woman. Uh, yeah. So, did you see the store? The poster was actually a flat-out mistake that the filmmakers. Yeah. Are so upset the with. character, yeah, the character uh, posters that came out earlier this year, um, where they announced like who was playing what characters, and Scumbug said Scumbug as himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scumbug in this movie is uh, a woman, but. Yeah, yeah. They talked about how, like, when they saw the poster, they like flipped out because they were like, "Oh no!" Like this. <laughs> this yeah, is, they, they, saw they the knew. They happening. knew. They yeah. knew some people were gonna were gonna take note of that. Um, what a stupid society we live in. Yeah, where people yeah. are upset about the gender of a CGI cockroach. I yeah. really liked April's relationship, like with the turtles. Um, yeah, when, April was when, fantastic when they weren't when they weren't using each other i really liked it um yeah. i thought that know. using each other was a nice callback to like when we talk about like the cartoon show where like april's like using them it's yeah. like oh this is a great story yeah. i thought that All was that. like very yeah. fun i mean yeah like that's that's completely accurate for her character um but i but i i just i really liked you know she also really kind of put them in their place too like you know, when, when they would constantly ask her like, Hey, did you film that? She's like, she's like, to be honest, a lot of the stuff you do is dumb. Yeah. Or they're like, Mike, when Mikey's like, do you think we'll be accepted? And she's like, Oh no, immediately. No, (laughs) no, absolutely not. Um, but yeah, I, I, I love this movie. Um, is it our favorite of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies? Uh, it's mine. I'm going to say so. And I'll say this, like, and and I think probably out of all of us, I probably loved it the most. I think for me, um, as like a hardcore TMNT fan, one of the things that I think is fun when you have, you know, you have like the IDW series, you have, you know, Last Ronin, you have this, you have that. There's so many different ways to have TMNT. For me, I don't need, like, I don't need it to follow the lore. I don't need this. I don't need that. And I, I totally understand everyone who does. Um, just for me, I think when you have an opportunity to do something new, take it, run with it. As long as you make something good, that's all I care about. And so for me, I think they just hit it out of the park and I fully enjoyed it. So that's why like almost none of the changes or things like that bother me. Yeah, I do wish you know you could get more from like the cast of characters, but I understand why when they're trying to make a tight film. So for me, 10 out of 10, loved it. And I think it's my favorite. I'm a total lore nut. I, I I'll admit it. You know, I, I love I love the lore. Uh, I like it when things go to the lore, and so it. You know, I do struggle with that movie on this movie on that level. Uh, I wouldn't say it's it's my favorite. Uh, to be honest, I think nostalgia wise, my favorite is probably the 2007 movie, uh, TMNT. But I think if I was to be a little bit more objective, probably. Uh, the Batman versus Ninja Turtles movie is probably still my favorite one. That one is really good. That's so good. Oh man! And that, and that one doesn't get talked about a lot. That one's very overlooked. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, you know, I saw it with a buddy last night, and we came out and we we're just laughing, having a great time. Really enjoyed the movie. Um, then I was talking with my wife today. I'm like, "Do you want to go see it with me?" Even as I said, I was like, "I'm not even sure if I want to see it again." Like, I had a good time the first time. I don't know that I need it in my life forever. 
So not definitely not number one for me. Like the first movie's still up there. Batman versus TMNT is still up there. Uh, 2007 is still up there. But like really, really fun, really worth the watch. Um, just, I mean, I, I felt like I came in with, with no expectations and, and was really entertained. And that's all I came for was just to be entertained. So, so for me, uh, it is in my top three of the Turtles movies. Um, I th- I did. It, it's knocked TMNT three out of the running. I'm sorry, Cody. That's um, not that hard, though. Is well, I mean, <laughs> as an OG hater of that movie, I have, I have a very, I have a very curated now, list here. Um, <laughs> you know, and and I think I'm the only one out of all of us that has seen the first movie in theaters. I saw so it in theaters like, in like back in 1990. Mm-hmm. Oh well, then never mind then. Thought I was gonna wax you, this. You owe us a, a cred card now. <laughs> I guess so. Cred. I guess so. Um, but the it it it's so it's always gonna be really hard for anything to kind of top that first movie experience for me. Um, I think as a movie, this is a ton of fun, and I I do want to see this again. I do want to go see it. Um. I'm probably going to wait a bit because I, you know, I saw it twice in two days. Um, plus, I already bought it on uh, Blu-ray. The Steelbook went up for pre-order. I almost morning. pre-ordered it, but then I also thought like, it's not going to like run out of stock. You know, it's not like I'm not going to be able to get it. So it's like I can wait. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't mind. It's not like I get yeah. I mean, charged. there's the whole like not, set it and forget it. Just have it delivered when it comes yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, it's not like is, I'm getting charged until it delivers anyway. So that's also um, true. Yeah, that's true. Um. So for, for me, like I thoroughly enjoyed it. I do want to see it again. I I'm curious to see how my nieces will like it. Um, because like they're kind of, they're trying to figure out like which turtles they like right now. And 2012 was kind of the winner so far. Um, 2012 was really big, but for me, I think this is, I, this is definitely my second favorite of the turtles movies. Uh, it's, it's a lot better than the rise movie. Uh, as much as I love, rise i think the that movie works it, it really only works if you've seen the show and True. because this is such a this is just a brand new you like you don't like I, when i i took my mother-in-law she's never seen the turtles before you know she was just interested in it um, and my two friends were the same she likes cartoons and you know we were we were driving in the movies and uh i was like you don't have to know anything else about the turtles like you don't have to know any about anything about the others like this is just a brand new thing we're going into and she had such a good time uh she loved she loved raf that was her favorite of the turtles and it's like being able to see people who aren't into turtles enjoy this movie so much is really is really just a fun thing for me so it's like i'm getting i'm getting a lot of hype and a lot of my enjoyment out of seeing other people's reactions to how good this movie um is for them you know it's not it's not perfect like you know as as we have a very lengthy anchovy section um yeah it's longer than i actually liked it to be to be honest but yeah but it's like this this movie i think does a lot more good than bad so I just, I really enjoyed it. I, I think everybody, I think everybody who made it really didn't make it out of, out of love. And it's like, 
yeah, this is a commercial thing to sell toys, but it's like, this, this is a really good commercial for those toys. Yeah, which I think, to be fair, like, I think almost all iterations of TMNT that have been made, it's clearly been made by fans and people who do love it. I would argue. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, the, the people who grew up on the original cartoon, like, obviously they weren't the fans, but it's like, they, the kids who watched those shows are now the ones making these, making these movies, you know, 2012 mm-hmm. rise and this movie were all made by, you know, people who grew up watching the cartoon. Peter Laird really loved them. And so that's why he made the O three series, <laughs> you know, it's just, I mean, as much as, as much as people hate Nickelodeon, like, you know, they've, they've done pretty well. I think with the turtles, you know, when they, I think they've, I'm not going to say they haven't had any misfires, but it's like, I think, I think it's fine. And I think and I'm excited for this new era of mutant. Yeah, I think they've definitely righted the ship between, if you look at like the comics, the toys, if they can pull off a good, more good games, I guess then. Yeah. yeah no, I think it out. Definitely. It's a complicated I, thing. I mean, look at we, all four of us, Profess have professed our love for Ninja Turtles, and we all have very different opinions about this one movie, let alone everything else. So, like, it's yeah. it's a hard property to figure out anyway. But it seems like they're they're starting to get it, you know. Yeah, no, definitely with this movie. Like, even though it doesn't resonate with me, it seems like it is with most people. And you know what the cool part is, is that for people like me who are the edge lords of the of the Ninja Turtles community, we've got a last Ronin video game coming out, and I do have comic books that I can read, and and there are other things to get into. Uh, you know, I don't need everything to be the kind of Ninja Turtles that I like, and that's okay. And there's there's plenty more good that can come out of Mutant Mayhem. Yeah. Universe I, I do think the better this does, the better all TMNT will do, and the more money they'll put into everything, because it's all, you know, when one property does good, all of it does good, and it brings up, you know, the cachet of the turtles. little ships, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I think too, the box like, office if, will. Do. If I want to like sit and watch a movie, like that's what like my favorite ones are for the 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 nineties one, Batman, TMNT, two thousand seven. Like those are ones I want to sit and watch. This is a good one, like like the Rise movie and like Secret of the Use. It's just like it's a really good popcorn movie that you can just put on in the background, come in and out of the room. It's fun. It's light. It's enjoyable. I love it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that is it for our review of this movie. We really enjoyed it. Um, you know, big shout out to all of the cast and crew who worked on this movie. Um, you know, unfortunately they can't promote it right now because of the, the SAG Astra strike. Uh, so Jeff Rowe, uh, has, the director has been just doing the best he can talking about this movie. <laughs> uh, but, uh, we thoroughly enjoyed it. The fur, the, you know, four of us, we, we had a great time. I wish we could have seen it together. Maybe someday we will sit down for a turtles movie together and in a physical location. But, um, but yeah, that is that, uh, we talked about last week for our brand new contest, uh, where you had to listen to the show to find out where our secret word would be. Uh, our secret word would have been earlier, but we didn't want to break up the recap in a, you know, start and stop it because there were so many start and stops already. The secret word is nipples. <laughs> so email us at ninja turtle power hour at gmail.com with the secret word nipples. And you'll receive 
the first one, uh, first person that does that will receive the best action San Diego Comic-Con exclusive uh, Raphael figure signed by Mateus Santoloco. So uh, good luck. Keith, take us into the news. Uh, hold on. I'm going to send an email real quick. <laughs> uh, no, you, not can't, Keith, you can't win. Uh, definitely not keithmail.com. All, right. <laughs> All right, Cody, take us into the news since Keith is a band. Oh, I, 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 it was a separate separate thing. Y'all have never heard of what I'm, what I'm doing over here. Okay. April O'Neil, Channel 9 News. Uh, Channel 6 News. I don't have the document. Open. All right, so fast forward news segment because we've already this podcast has already ran really really long. Yeah. Jumping straight to comic books, issue one forty two is coming at you this Wednesday after this podcast released. Go to your local comic book store, find it, check it out. We'll see how good it is. Um, Let's see in movies and TV. Um, if you haven't heard, Mutant Mayhem's out right now. Yeah, and it's been greenlit for a whole two seasons and a whole sequel. So that's like of TV and and a sequel movie. So that's it sounds like they got a lot of faith in this film that they put into it way before it even was hit in theaters. So good for it them. It is estimated they're estimating right now that it's going to have a 40 million dollar weekend, which if the budget, uh the rumored budget is that this movie was 80 million dollars, 40 million dollar opening weekend is not bad. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're going to make their money back for sure. Easy. I mean, they've probably made it back in toy sales already. Yeah, though it's I do wonder, does that include the marketing budget? Because they've pushed, they've done a hell of a lot of marketing. For yeah, this. the yeah. marketing for this movie has been insane. So they're probably going to need to clear at least $100 million. But some um, of that could also just be our cookies as Ninja Turtles fans. I feel like we need to ask people who are like a little bit outside of our circle how much really? they're seeing of Ninja Turtles ads. I mean, that's fair, too. Well, not just that. Where's I'm just the, like, the like, you know, at? Like, Let's ask them. Like, pizza you're getting like all kinds of like it's like turtle mania products everywhere yeah there's like a part is true there was like an ad for like a bug zapper with (laughs) like that was mutant mayhem it wasn't mutant mayhem branded but it was like you know this bug zapper can stop any uh evil flies invading your residence and go see teenage mutant turtles mutant mayhem in theaters august 2nd does it it have like the ninja turtles brand on it or anything like that no no it's just saying it's not branded it's just a branded commercial well, yeah, I want like, I want the branded bug zapper. I, I actually so, probably would go out of my way to purchase that. Yeah. Oh, anyway, yeah. um, fast forwarding news segment. <laughs> On to games. games. This is all you, Cody, because you play <laughs> yeah. Minecraft. Is that Cody? Yeah, Cody has come to Minecraft. Um, it's a little different. It's I don't know if everybody is up on the Minecraft. I'm an old school Minecrafter, so to me, Minecraft is very much still building blocks. But this one, it's like. Apparently, you can build like a world inside of Minecraft. So, and I've I've downloaded this. I've been playing it. Um, it's DLC. I, I believe it's eight dollars. Um, you're gonna need to load up the Minecraft game and then go inside of the in-game marketplace. There's the TMNT pack. Um, so it's like a whole little TMNT game where you're playing through levels. You're fighting foot ninjas. You're fighting bosses. You're Minecraft characters. But if you feel like it's like a TMNT beat 'em up game. Um, has a whole cast of characters. Tempestra is in it. Um, I actually ran into her today. Leatherhead. It's like nine levels total. Um, it also does come with the Minecraft skin, so you get like 16 characters. Four of them are from you and Mayhem, and then there's the other you know, characters that you can put their clothes on and play in the regular game. So I think it's actually super fun. It's way more fun than I thought it would be. So if you're at all into Minecraft or TMNT, for me, 
Um, I guess you, I don't know if Minecraft is free or not, but I think it's totally worth it. The DLC, yeah, it's like eight bucks, maybe 10 bucks. They charge you in like Minecraft dollars that converts over more complicated than it needs to be, but definitely one of the better team and T games, which feels weird to say. All right. Uh, in other news, it says in our document here that Keith, Keith smells amazing. So. Uh, no, somebody, no, no, there's somebody's no Keith I'm, smells I'm looking at it right now. Amazing. All right. Oh, sure. Keith uh, smells comma Spencer, amazing. what are we Question doing next mark. week? <laughs> <laughs> next week, we're going to go back to our coverage of Ninja Turtle, well, Mutant Turtles Superman Legend and read the manga that we were supposed to have read before watching those episodes. What? Oh, sweet. It's <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> I love it. Cannot Spencer. wait for that. Spencer, it's like my brain is a tree and you're those little Keebler elves. I love it. <laughs> I'm cookies inside you? What? No, you're the elves. You're the elves making the All cookies right. in my brain because it's such a sweet treat. Oh, okay. Can't right. wait to read yeah. those mangas. Thank you, everybody, for uh, listening to another episode of the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. This one ran a little bit long, but we were very excited to talk about this movie. So it because, God, it's finally it's finally here, <laughs> you know? So no thank you again. Let us know somewhere on the internet what you thought of the episode. Ninja Turtle Power Hour on Facebook. Ninja Turtle Power Hour on Instagram. Ninja Turtle PH on Twitter. All right, guys. That's our show. Thank you again so much for listening. And until next time, cowabunga dudes. Cowabunga. Yes, Sirski. Nipples. <laughs> Yeah, I think nipples is it. <laughs> That's the bonus content. I'll, I'll cut that. I'll cut that. Or, or, or is the bonus content? You have to listen to the bonus content? Uh, no, I mean, we'll stick it in. But since this is at the end of the show, people can listen to how we decided <laughs> the the secret word. Well, Are we going to do like Pee Wee Herman style? You know, like like the word of the day? Like you no, said you the said, word. No, you you said we wouldn't do that. Who said we you wouldn't do that? You did. You said that last week. If I did, I lied. I'm a liar. Oh, can't have liars on this show. <laughs> did I say that, actually? You, was that a real you thing? Did. You did. Uh, it, it was either you Someone or did it. Yeah. It I, was, I, yeah. I think I was the one who suggested it in the first place, and it was shot down by someone. But I know somebody said it last week. So, anyway... Uh, if you made it this far into the show, this is how we plan things. So yeah, kind of, kind of on the fly. This is our Illuminati portion of the show. Also, I gotta say that I kind of like discovered recently that Supergirl in like the '60s was romantically involved with her super horse. DC that Comics, man. Yeah. It's it's like the weirdest story I've ever heard in my life. Okay. Someone's turning to Google right now. So, so like, I, I save I, me rule thirty four. I was, I was reading, <laughs> I, I was reading it. Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, and like she, her, her horse Comet is in there. She's, mm-hmm. you know, w- with her horse, 
doing stuff. I, I learn in this story that the super horse is apparently telepathic, talking to her. And then it dies, and it turns into a man. And I was like, well, that's weird. But then Wonder Woman just says, it's a long story to the person that's with her. Uh, but she seems sad. Um, and then it just moves on. You know, and so I was like, well, that's weird. Okay, whatever. Uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a story for another time, I guess. So then I see this Casually Comics video about how apparently Comet used to be a centaur, but then he wanted to be a man, just a full man. He doesn't want to be half man, half horse anymore, so he goes to, like, a sorceress, and the sorceress is like, oh, yeah, I can do that for you, but then she also makes a... You, you're going to be a, a complete horse potion as well for some reason. And then accidentally mixes them up, and so he becomes a horse. And then she's like, oh, I feel so bad. Here's this potion to give you superpowers. <clears throat> and so he becomes a super horse. I love it. And, and then he ends up on Earth, I guess, at some point, And he telepathically makes Supergirl dream of him. Uh, so that w she wants a horse, and then when she goes to get a horse, she sees the horse from her dreams, and it's him. And so she gets Comet. Because comics. Because comics. Anyway, and then, and then he talked to some other wizard or something at some point before this, and he made it so that whenever a comet passes over the Earth, he'll turn into a man. And so there'll be these stories where there's a comet passing over, he'll turn into a man, he'll romance Supergirl, and then... And then he'll turn back into a horse, and he never tells her that he is the man or the horse. Uh, anyway, it's it's really weird. It's apparently really weird. he also dated Lois Lane at one yeah. point. Yeah, yes, he also dated Lois Lane. However, he told Lois Lane that he was a horse, so it's like more okay, right? Like she's fully on board with this guy well, before becoming romantically involved. To, to be fair, know? if he started as a centaur, he is. You know, that's that's totally different. But that's yeah. something you should probably also tell, like, you know, your your romantic interest, you know, this person you've decided to start dating. I don't know, it's a little weird. Either way, it's, yeah, weird stuff. So it's like this whole time, this girl is just, has her horse that is secretly this man that she's dated and is crushing on her, I guess. It's really when weird. I was a kid, Supergirl, like, couldn't keep her form. <laughs> I don't know what happened to that. But she would, like, turn into a pile of goo every now and then. <laughs> oh yeah, that was when she was Matrix in the nineties. So should she have to disclose that they're dating a pile of goo? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. yeah, you should. Yeah, you, you should. should. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. so you know, Sorry. I am a pile I, of goo. <laughs> sometimes I goo. He's like, I've I've seen movies like that. That's no problem. What? <laughs> well, she was she no, was no, made no, <laughs> not like that. <laughs> she was made by Lex Luthor, and Lex Luthor dates her. So, you know, she's kind of like his girlfriend because, well, he's like pretending to be good during that period of time. Oh my God. And wait, Lex yeah. Luthor made Supergirl? A one of the Supergirls. Yeah. It's like a is, fake Is Power version. Girl Supergirl? Are those, are those the same Power thing? Power Girl is like, uh, she's another. Power Girl's like, a, she's another clone of Supergirl. Well, she's, no. but she's from, she's not a clone. She's from a different, uh, she's from Earth. like a pre crisis Earth. Yeah. She's from Earth One. Yeah. Not Earth 1, sorry. She's from Earth 2. She's an analog. She's not a clone. So, yeah, so before before Crisis on Infinite Earths, there was multiple Earths, yes. And DC actually kind of got a bunch of its characters, reboot, rebooted a bunch of its characters in the 60s. 
So, you know, instead of Jay Garrick as the Flash, we have Barry Allen. Instead of Alan Scott as Green Lantern, we had Hal Jordan, and they kind of changed the lore of the characters, whatever, whatever. And then you had a story called The Flash of Two Earths, where Barry Allen crosses over with Jay Garrick. And so you learn that, oh, man, there's Jay Garrick is still around. He's just on a different Earth. And so then they said, okay, that's Earth 2. And Earth 2 has all of the old Golden Age versions of the characters on there. And and so Supergirl became Power Girl on that Earth. You know, they, they actually let the the original ones get old and the the young ones in the new generation take over. So there's like a, a series called Infinity Inc., which is actually pretty enjoyable uh, from that time period where you get to like see the new generation of kids like Wonder Woman's daughter and Hawkman and Hawkwoman's daughter. Or sorry, did I say Wonder Woman's daughter? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Hawkman, Hawkwoman's son. There we go. Wonder Woman's daughter. Uh, anyway, Green Lantern's kids, Jade and Obsidian. They're probably the ones that are the most prominent from all that. But yeah, Adam Smasher started in that book too. I think there was he's Nucleon. Or Nucleon? Yeah, there's there's Nucleon. Yeah, yeah. Nucleon, that's Adam, and then that's Adam Smasher. He becomes Adam Smasher. Okay, yeah. I haven't gotten that far yet in my. Oh, sorry, spoiler. Complete. Oh, you're fine. I, I mean, I knew Adam Smasher existed, and I assumed that he probably became <laughs> Adam Smasher. Yeah. Comic books, complicated, but at the same time, because they're complicated, I feel like you get really unique, interesting stories that you wouldn't have gotten otherwise. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole, like, convolutedness, it gives such, like, a, a rich ocean of stuff to pull from. So that's yeah. when... When someone decides to do like a, a one shot, they have like so much material to pull from and they can pick like the best of it and do something like really nice and, and concise. Yeah. But I, I am personally a fan of Earth 2. Uh, I am 30 years too late in uh, being upset that it was kind of erased and then you never really got to see much of the characters after that. <laughs> I mean, you could still get to see the JSA and stuff and and they're there, but. Like, All-Star Squadron is just so much more rich in, in all those Golden Age characters. You know, when you only have, like, one book that is the JSA, it really shrinks it down a lot. And the Infinity Inc. characters, really, because they kind of all get lumped into that one book. Uh, it's gonna, you know, it's, it's too bad. Hmm. It sounds like the kind of thing where, where one day, if I become filthy <laughs> rich, I'll catch up on all these comics. Yeah, I mean, I, I just pay for the, the DC Universe app and read everything there. It's kind of stuff e, like back in the 80s. P. Bandai it just announced they're doing Mecha Frieza. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mecha Frieza. Yeah, Those figures Mecha. are really cool. I love figure arts, man. But what I don't understand is, like, with the Dragon Ball Z figures especially, it seems like they have different tiers of figures. Like, you can go to Walmart and they'll have, like, a figure but there's like a nicer version of that figure that costs more money so there's like do i have that right there's like a bunch of different companies that kind of do it so there's bandai and bandai uh bandai and bandai america sorry just finished eating dinner some throws a little full of food um so you bandai and bandai america so mostly the figures that you see at walmart are going to be the bandai america ones lot cheaper and those are like your dragon stars and like dragon superstars action figures um 
they're not terrible for like for 20 bucks it's a it's a decent figure like i have the i have frieza and beerus um i had the master roshi because they, they haven't made like a like a buff master roshi figure so mm-hmm. i bought that one and it was terrible just mm-hmm. absolutely garbage so i returned that one um sh figuarts is like tamashi tamashi nations is the company that makes a lot of those figures um and that's through like Bandai Japan. And those are the ones that are a little bit more expensive. But though, depending on the character, like you may get like Goku, Goku, Vegeta, Piccolo, those ones and um, the superhero Gohan. Um, not like when he was great Saiyan, but like the movie superhero. When he was um, gray. Gray Gohan. No, White no, Gohan. Beast no, form. Be- no, not beast form. Beast mode. Beast. Beast. Uh, uh, Beast machines, just regular, just regular, regular superhero. Beast from X Men. Oh, just just regular <laughs> super. Okay, oh, seriously. Yeah, no, just, just regular superhero. Super yeah, 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 yeah. Um, those ones are those ones because they're like main characters. Um, those ones will kind of always have like cheaper versions, like you know, more mass market ones because they know people always buy a Goku. Yeah, um, and so. Those ones will usually be about $35, $40. And then you have like the new trunks that just came out. And that's like $60. That's that's the tip is 60 to 70 is like the typical SH figure arts range. Um for like the characters that they own. And then you start getting into like, you know, the more rare characters. So like Mecha Frieza. Um, it's kind of like a it's a very like niche thing, like you know, he was only in like three episodes. Uh, so they don't want to make um, a lot of those. But they did it with so, Orange Piccolo. Yeah, like Orange Piccolo. I wish yeah, I like realized that it was limited. Yeah, so Mecha Freeze is, is limited like Orange Piccolo. Yeah. I don't know. I, so, I guess I'm alive without it. I'm pretty without it. I probably wouldn't have gotten it in. But there's a part of me that still kind of wants it in the back of my mind. It's like, I wish I, mean, I would have gotten Orange Piccolo. Well, cool that's figure. why. That's why I'm getting Mecha Frieza because I like Mecha Frieza. Uh, Orange Piccolo, he's only like 114 on eBay. Oh, which uh, isn't that's, that's, that's not terrible. That's, yeah, that's not like, terrible, but that's, for, that's a lot for me. That's, that's a lot for a figure for me. Yeah, I was gonna say for a guy who, for a guy who doesn't collect action figures, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah it's a leap. It's interesting to me because I'll buy regularly like Super Seven, mm-hmm. which are like you know. Fifty, sixty dollars, sixty-five dollars, and so like that's you know. So and I've also I buy like you know, I don't know what to call them. They're like third-party figures, like Furay Planet or Maestro Union, where they're like a hundred dollars, and that that's fine for me. But when I see something like these ones, where it's like eighty dollars, I'm like, whoa, that's too expensive. It, yeah, it makes me laugh of, the like the distinction I build in my brain where somehow <laughs> that's kind of the reaction. That's kind of the reaction that it's getting. Um, is like people are disappointed that Mecha Freeze is eighty five dollars, but it's like it's going to be such a low production figure that it's like, yeah, like you, you it it kind of makes sense why it's more expensive. And then some people are like, "Well, get it in Japan. It's only sixty five dollars." And it's like, okay, well, you know, in Japan, it's you know, $65 plus tax plus shipping is going to make it about $85, $90 anyway. Yeah. And I feel okay. like there's always like an anime tax 
I feel like the anime tax is absolutely yeah. real. So it's like I'd rather I'd rather just plus the people who did that with like trunks, um, the trunks figure that just came out. They sure they got it cheaper importing it from Japan, but also like the first run of the Japanese trunks figures, like they had some QC issues. So like it had like a loose arm and a loose leg. But the American ones, the one that I got, didn't. So it's like, you know there's a little bit of a bonus of letting the Japanese people go first. <laughs> they get to be the guinea pigs. Exactly. This so. Mecha Frieza has like the, the slice down the middle too. That is so yeah. cool. Oh man. So I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to do it. Goes the pre-order goes live tomorrow. Wait, is it my turn to talk about something not Ninja Turtles I'm into? Yeah. Uh, you got it, you got two minutes because we gotta we gotta get the show started. Oh, well, luckily I'm into nothing else except Ninja Turtles. So. Don't uh, limit him. Be be free, Keith. No, I, I yeah, no, I I really don't know. Um, I think I'm gonna get into a uh, Toxic Avengers though. There you go. Oh, yeah, the Super I, Seven line. No, just the cartoon that was on. Like, I really like that theme song. I've always kind of been interested. Uh, like, man, that theme song is a banger. So Toxic Crusaders. Yeah. Yeah, I used to watch that when I was younger. I miss the Cowboys of Mesa. Yeah, I feel like I now that I've gone through all of uh, Turtles and I'm even like still watching it in the background on Pluto TV. Yeah. I'm like, maybe I need to diversify a little bit. I'm getting a oh, little one note. It's so Have you weird. Watched Mutant the, League football. So the YouTube version. I've not, I played it though. The YouTube version of uh, <laughs> the first season has like that remix. Uh, uh, of the original theme song that really it's like a really bad one yeah but if you watch it on nick.com it's got the original theme song same with pluto i don't know why that is but... so pluto's got the original theme song too yeah pluto's got the original theme song oh, it's so weird i wonder why they yeah. can't do it on youtube who knows maybe like rights issues or something or yeah but why would that only affect youtube I mean, maybe YouTube just has like different rules for how people get paid. Be hilarious. They probably be still hilarious got... if they kept getting like if they copyright struck themselves. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, whatever bot they have to monitor that is yeah. monitoring themselves. <laughs> is that uh, figured out how to turn it off yet? I just or they don't want to turn it off because they don't want to stop other people getting screwed over. There yeah, you go. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, what about you? What about you, Cody? What you got? That's not turtles that you're into right now. Not turtles that I'm into. Yeah, I've been meaning to rewatch Samurai Pizza Cats. I love that show. I, I, I have like the DVD set from a while ago that I never. Yes, I have the, it. I have the bootleg DVD set. Oh really? They did. I can't remember the company like Discotech Media a few years back mm. did like a official release. I guess. Yeah. Um, I, and I was like, I almost, I was almost going to buy that. But then I was like, I have, I have the bootleg DVDs. Like I bought it at a comic con. Like I'm fine with those. Yeah. And I'm sure the quality is the same or if not better, frankly. Um, but yeah, actually like the, the super turtles actually really kind of reawakened my same love. Cause Samurai pizza cats is kind of the same way where it's just like, just so ridiculous. And, and one of the things mm -hmm. that went around is people used to say, and I don't know if it's true or not. They used to say like, um, they they lost the translation for it, and so like yep. the American folks just made it up. Uh, basically, it. Toy Toy, uh, Toy Galaxy did a fantastic video on Samurai Pizza Cats, I believe. 
Yeah, so it's just like very campy and ridiculous. So I don't I love Samurai Pizza Cats. It was one of those shows where it's like it would only come on at like, you know, four thirty AM. So I had like a special magic to it. Nice. Cool. Good to know that we all have interests outside of Ninja Turtles. We are well-rounded individuals. Yes. I also don't want to swerve the subject off, but I just 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 remembered. I haven't really watched like a whole lot of kids' cartoons because I don't know. I I don't really watch like a whole lot of like modern kids' cartoons now. Uh, But is there like a shortage of of hoverboards and possibly (laughs) skateboards? You know, like like they don't feature them anymore. Yeah, like they, this is not a, a common staple. Um, it's it's been a while, but I'm gonna say no. And I, I immediately thought of a show like Gravity Falls, and I think there's no hoverboards. Yeah, well, because I, I was I was playing Shredder's Revenge with my nephew the other day. He's actually this time playing this time around playing it with him. He is he actually seemed like he enjoyed it. However, uh, you know, he definitely really loves Zelda video games, and so mm-hmm. whenever there was like a store or something, he was like, "Why can't we walk inside?" Why? Why can't we go inside that building? <laughs> oh, it's just adorable. like I, I know, because well, he's like he's like seven. He's really yeah. cute, but it, it, you know, it was just like, um, well, it's not that kind of game. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, turtles don't have money. This isn't an open world game. I'm I'm sorry, but uh, you know, but the scenes where that year you're like doing on the rocket boards and stuff. He was like, whoa, cool. They're like flying around on those boards or whatever. Yeah. I can't remember exactly what he said. And I'm like, wait a minute. Is this not in kids' cartoons anymore? Like, is this not a staple for you guys? It quite blew his stupid little seven-year-old brain. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. But yeah, I was just like, man, really? Like, you you guys aren't getting these anymore? Uh, Nah, man. When I was a kid, like Bart Simpson didn't move in that video game without a without a skateboard. Like everyone had a skateboard. Yeah, yeah. The Simpsons wild. video games. Well, in like rocket boards, I don't know. There was so much like spy stuff and everything when I was a kid in cartoons, and they always had advanced tech, and that always included like flying skateboards and stuff. I guess I just took it for granted. You know, I didn't realize that. Yeah, the that one day it would was, be gone. Yeah, the one day it would be gone. Anyway, last side. That, that's the last sidebar. Sorry, but I just I just remembered. 